This has been Brode, and you're watching Born to be Wild. Greeting, traveler. Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to another episode of Born to be Wild, a wild exclusive Hearthstone podcast where we have fun hanging out with friends, talking about the wild format of Hearthstone and spotlighting members of the wild community. I'm your host, as always, Nate Wolf. It's great to be here and joining me tonight, a couple of my favorite people, Mr. Hydralisk. How are you doing tonight? I am doing great, Nate. Uh, thank you very much. I'm super stoked to talk some Hearthstone. I'm super stoked to talk some lore. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's a good day. Always fun. Yes. And uh, Mike had a schedule conflict tonight and couldn't make it. And so our good friend Wildcard is joining us as well. So welcome back to the show. Welcome, Wildcard. Thank you, everybody, for having me. Uh, yeah, I hope Mike's doing all right. Um, but yeah, I'm happy to step in. I appreciate the opportunity. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm not a lore guy, so I'm I'm all ears tonight. I'm going to be pestering you with questions. So it's so oh, goody. I love questions. Yeah. It is yeah. always fun to find out more about the cards that we're playing with, like just to know a little bit of kind of the uh, behind the scenes here. So, um, Loremaster Goliath the Dwarf, welcome back to the show. It's great to have you. Thank you. I have been looking forward to this for weeks. I'm really excited. I, I love talking about this type of stuff. And like I always say, there's something special and fun about telling a story to people who've never heard it before and just seeing everyone's reaction. So I, I, I really enjoy doing this sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. We were So we were talking um, offline yesterday about trying just to just kind of get the, the flow right and get the picture set up and kind of make sure we had the order right. And I had all these questions kept popping up and I had to keep stopping myself from asking the questions because, um, You'd spoil it. Right. Right. We wanted to sh save it for the show. So, um, I, I will say, um, so the format of this podcast, uh, for those people watching or listening who are not as familiar with it is that we record live on Twitch every Friday and then we release the podcast as a like a video version on YouTube and then an audio version on all the podcast apps. Um, the bulk of people listening or, or, or I guess uh, consuming this podcast, if you will, do it via audio. And I will say that this... Um, oh, hi, kitty cat. Pulled out my earphones. Oh man, no! Those I, are the I, biggest I, eyes I've seen on a cat. <laughs> scared the crap out of me, actually. <laughs> I will say that uh, for those of you who normally listen to the podcast as opposed to watching it, uh, this is one of the episodes that you I recommend watching. Um, we have. Uh, we'll be talking about lore tonight. The The bulk of the episode will be talking about lore. Um, last time we had Goliath on about six weeks ago, um, the feedback that we got was so overwhelmingly positive uh, that we chatted with him and said, hey, maybe, you know, can we do one of these maybe every six weeks or so just to like that we could talk about the lore for like months probably and not run out of stuff. Um, <laughs> and so he graciously said yes. And, uh, and uh, 
anyways, when we're talking about the lore, what's, what's really cool to do is to have either the artwork or some of the screenshots from World of Warcraft alongside the Hearthstone card so you can kind of see how they translate. And more often than not, um, the artwork matches up remarkably well. So uh, this is one of the episodes that you want to watch. We've got a separate playlist on YouTube for um, lore episodes specifically. So this will be added to that playlist if you're interested. Um, anyways, I'm going down a rabbit hole, but but uh, definitely recommend watching this, this, this one. So uh, before we get started, um, I did want to say a big giant thank you to um, Shokunin, the executive producer of our show, and uh, Pug Ugly joining him as an executive producer. You guys, uh, thank you so much for your support. Um, it is, it's just amazing, and we thank really, you very much. really appreciate it. Um, I, I, and also uh, to Adam W., one of our patrons, thank you so much. Um, we set up the Patreon just as a way, uh, honestly, we weren't going to do it quite so early. We were, we've been trying to talk about rewards and setting up a system where we could do that. And the only reason we set it up so early is we had a few people reach out to us and say, hey, we, we want to donate. How can we donate? So, okay, okay, I'll set it up. And, um, and uh, it, there's no pressure at all if that's something that you folks are interested in doing. We really appreciate it. If you're not, no pressure at all. We do this show because it's fun and we have fun and uh, we'll keep doing the show as long as we're having fun. So that's great. If you uh, feel like you want to donate for whatever reason, we will happily take your money. It helps pay the bills. Um, there's, there's audio equipment, there's uh, packs, there's uh, website fees and stuff. Um, but I don't want anyone to feel obligated at all. If you are interested in supporting the show in a non-monetary way, one of the best ways that you can do it is to like our stuff, comment on the YouTube, give an iTunes review, participate in conversations on the discord, just hang out, um, is super cool. And so, um, and the discord is a great place. There's a lot of good conversations happening. You can get a lot of help with the deck that you're playing. We got lots of deck lists going on in categories for them all. Shout out to Mike for uh, setting a lot of that up. Yeah, it, it was kind of dead until Mike, I think really got it all, uh, set up and we've got categories for a bunch of stuff. It's mostly Hearthstone related, uh, but there's other stuff too. And, um, we got a really nice compliment from Grant uh, Watchman from Villains Chosen, just saying that it really felt like a community, and and that uh, made me tear up a little bit. Um, but it does, and and so I like that. Um, mm-hmm. Anyways, yeah, me too. It's real, real friendly, drama free community. Uh, I'm really happy. I, I got that uh, Mike recruited me into it just at the same time. It was uh, getting upgraded from whatever you had before. So I, I got uh, invited to the discord at just the right time, I think. Oh, I appreciate it. Yeah. We really try hard to stay away from drama. Like there's enough drama going on in the world right now that we don't need, yeah. we don't need more in the discord. Like, this right. is where we go to get away from drama. So um, anyways, uh, let us see here. The, the other thing that I wanted to quickly shout out before we got into the main part of our show, um, each week we will uh, highlight or give a big shout out to any new wild legends. And so we had one kind of last minute and I wanted to um, give a big shout out here to uh, TTV Nato from our discord. 
Uh, I know he. I'm going to say he because his avatar is uh, a detective guy from this Nintendo DS game that I played a long time ago. I think, <laughs> I think it's Hotel Dusk, I think, which was a really good game. Anyways, um, he well, has been know. posting on the Discord for the last week or so. That was like up and down, up and down, up and down. Yeah, that is right. It, sound, it sounded like a battle. It was, yeah. <laughs> To battle. Gaining and losing the grounds. Oh, that it hurts. But uh, he posted, yeah. um, it was last night. It was last night about 9 o'clock p.m. Hit Legend for the first time with Odd Paladin. Um, nice. I know he'd been really hoping to uh, hit Legend with a deck, like a homebrew deck. But he was mentioning that, uh, and I cropped the picture here, but um, that he had made his own version of this deck way back when it first came out and there was not a, enough support to really make it into a full archetype. But, mm-hmm. um, but that this version of the deck that he used had a lot of his initial choices. So it felt still very personal to him. And nice. Um, that's just super cool. There's, I mean, we, we always joke, right. That you always remember your first time, but it, it feels like a big weight lifted um, yes. when, it, when it happens. So Anyways. And it's that much easier every every time after that, you know. It's just, you know, once you get past that hump, it's it's just like, oh, okay, the hump is doable now. I now I know, right. now you know it's not the impossible task. You can you can finish it off. It's definitely doable, and I think that, um, you know, number one, you realize like, oh, I can do this, and then number two, it's like, I don't know. At least for me not as much anymore, but I used to experience so much ladder anxiety and I still do when I'm, when I'm pushing for legend to some regards, but like, um, after you've done it, you realize like, Oh, it's attainable. It's not impossible. I can do this. Um, Mm -hmm. and that's a matter of time. It's a matter of time. It's a win rate. You know, I used to say like, Oh, or think that, Oh, my win rate needs to be like, 80%, 90% 80%, 90% for me to do it. And it's like, no, you could hit with a, you know, 60% win rate or whatever win rate. Um, anyways, I'm just really happy. Uh, just as long so. as you win more games than you lose overall. Yeah, 51%. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. 51%, 500 games. <laughs> <laughs> Might take you a long time, but. Uh... Especially without Warrior. <laughs> oh, God. We can, yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to pass. A long time to play. I will pass the really torch uh, over to Hydra. We can talk about our weeks because I I think I've I've been going on. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. That's yeah. a rabbit hole. Well, yeah. We just like to see uh, how everybody's doing. You know what they've been up to this week. So uh, I want to touch base with Wildcard and see what he's been up to. Um, not and it's it's funny like to come on a show in a week when I've really had a quiet uh, Hearthstone week, but. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I, this, I'll, I'll address it as what I've done this month. How's that sound? Um, because, <laughs> sure. because at the beginning of the month, I, I, I decided I just been sort of fed up with like the Reno Priest and and the Quest Mage and whatnot, and mm-hmm. I decided I'm just going to auto concede against against them every time I see them, <laughs> and I'm just going to play my own deck and I'm just going to win against everybody else, and I did that. Um, so I got to rank three fairly quickly, and but see the funny thing is, and, and I told Nate about this earlier, is that not wanting that not wanting to hit legend, just wanting to do my own thing. I've also taken away my carrot, so that's made me a lazier player, and now I've kind of like 
I've just done my dailies and casual and haven't played ladder hardly since like the first week and that's terrible um, I, probably, I probably would have had legend by now had i had i kept going but you know it's that's that's kind of what i wanted to do it's a lot less stressful this month i i, I was having a blast just you know just stress-free and anytime i see a deck i don't like i want to want to face right uh Bottom right. <laughs> I, I, I mean, if you're not having fun that. when you're playing the game, what's the point? Yeah, but tell what him, I was, tell oh, him ahead, what, wait, tell him what deck you've been playing though, because this is the oh. interesting part. Yeah, I've been playing my uh, my big uh, demon hunter. Yeah, what oh, is that? Oh, that is the thing. <laughs> now, <huh? laughs> it's my thing. I don't know. Um, it's uh, yeah, it's basically taking all the. Re- it's like basically like recruit demon hunter using all the big demons that or, and the big minions to pull other things out and. Um, you know, it's it's fun. It's a lot of it's a really fun deck. I can that I can sounds really fun. Yeah, I could I could post the deck list is probably on my Twitter somewhere, but yeah, I can or I can post I'd it and try uh, that in the in the um in the chat if I can find it. It sounds but, like yeah, an absolute cool. blast. And I I was talking to Blue Train earlier this week, and um, I've been playing. I, I don't know. I always love these. Like my favorite decks are tend to be. Um, I don't know what is the what is the magic term like? A, a, is it Timmy? Like likes to play big giant minions? Uh, I always get the the. the I get them all. Those three. Confused. I know, I know, I get them all confused too. But uh, I've always liked like big green, right? So I, I love cheating out giant minions early. Timmy, Johnny, and Spike, right? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not so much like I like playing combo, but what I really like is cheating out giant minions. Uh, so Q block is like my favorite, but I really enjoy uh, uh, recruit. Um, recruit hunter, recruit warrior. Um, so when you start talking about a like big recruit demon hunter, and then I hit legend well, a couple months back with big shaman, and it's the same style of play, and um, like it's so fun. Like, can you throw cubes into that and turn it into like a cube cube block version of demon hunter? Oh my god, I you will. Would, you would make. I will. I'm, I'm, I'm making a note for myself right now. You know, like every time I call the show. All you do is like oh, hint at something. Yeah. It's to prod me a little bit. <laughs> last, when I was on the show as a guest, you're like, oh, I'd love something, something Kingsbane. And was it like the next day I gave you Cthune Kingsbane? So it's, yeah, I love that. That's what I love about the game. <laughs> Cthune yeah, Kingsbane. I can do that for you. Yeah. Cube DH. Noted. Ah, uh, <laughs> homework. <laughs> yep. Well, there we go. Audit. Now, next time you're on, we'll know what to talk about. We'll talk about that. <laughs> well, how about you, Nate? Uh, how's your week been going? Oh, man. It's been good. So last week, I think we were talking about um, the like all the fires and everything. Like The whole West Coast has been on fire. Um, and I'm near Portland, Oregon. And so we've got fires in Washington, fires in Oregon, fires in California. Like The whole left coast is on fire. I thought it was just in California. I didn't realize it was reaching that far north. Oh, yeah. And um, so I'm in Vancouver and I can't see the sun. Like it is blacked <laughs> out from the smoke. So well, obviously no, vampires are responsible then, just like in <laughs> Skyrim, you know. <laughs> so this is funny. This is funny. Someone someone that I work with uh had told me earlier this week. Um she she was like, 2020 feels like I'm watching like back to the future or some sort of time traveling movie. And every time someone goes back to fix something, they break something different. And so, (laughs) (laughs) 
right? And so it's like, hey, oh, I love that. Uh, there's no, you know, there's there's no more uh, murder hornets, but now the whole West Coast is on fire. Oops. <laughs> And so, you know, the fires are now going out, but like, what's going to happen now? There's going to be a flood or something. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I am going to use that on people in my life. Which that, plague that, that is, is that? <laughs> right, right. Uh, locusts. It's going to be locusts. Uh, <laughs> or frogs. Yeah, fro- I was going to say the raining of the toads or the frogs. Frogs, yeah. So yeah. Uh, in, you know, in good news, um, we, it started raining yesterday uh late last night scared the crap out of me and my wife at 3 30 a.m the most <laughs> the most giant thunderstorm ever and it was like long oh, loud man. rolling thunder um but it's been raining since last night and so the air quality has been a lot better um we, we work in kind of an older office building and so the smoke somehow managed to invade our HVAC system and we had all the smoke like <laughs> in the building and so as the as the boss like i'm not i can't let all my people sit in smoky you know building all day long so i send everybody home we've been working from home all week and it's um it's kind of weird but it's kind of cool i don't know that being said uh my week has been great last week after the show um i was really struggling i was trying to hit legend and i was you know i kept falling back between 3 and 5 and 3 and 5 and just couldn't settle on a deck. Um, I ended up hitting legend on Sunday with um, a cube lock featuring Archwitch Willow, which is so awesome because everyone <laughs> kept saying how terrible it was. And I always wanted to play it, and it just it was too slow. But then when they they just recently buffed it um, from nine down to nine. eight, the five five honestly and doesn't matter. Enough. But have, reducing it down to eight. Uh, she was the MVP. So I took this deck. Let me pull it up here. Uh, where's this? Oh, here I hit Legend A. Okay. And then this, here's the stats though. This was crazy. I went nine and one to Legend with this deck. Um, <laughs> and the one loss that I had was from a rogue who was playing Maligos Rogue. And I just, I couldn't tell for most of the game what it was. And by the time I realized it, it was just too late. And I, I had set up Lethal for the next turn, and he dropped Maligos and a bunch of spells and killed me. Oh, uh, but like it's nine and one, it was crazy. And I got to use Archwitch Willow, who was truly the MVP of this deck because uh, I, so many people were playing um, aggro stuff. And you drop these gigantic taunts, and they just can't push through them. It was awesome. And uh, but the Doom Guards were good in this. Doom Guard is not always good in cube, so you, it was just the right meta choice at the time. Um, and it was super fun to play. And so nine like, and one, it's so gross. Ninety percent. That's it makes me feel so good. I mean, it's not a huge. It's not. It's not a huge. Um, you know, stat line because it's only ten games. But like, yeah, that's what it took. Yeah. I mean, and so. <laughs> It's, I was playing. I was playing Odd Warrior most of the month, um, and it was doing pretty well. I mean, I had a positive win rate with it, like, but it it, it was low. Like, it was like a fifty five, fifty nine, somewhere in there, fifty seven percent. But like, the games take thirty minutes, and I don't want those to are the ones you concede the long one, like. Whenever I saw a big priest or res priest, they're just going to keep resing, and I didn't have enough clears. I was like, same thing as wild card, bottom, bottom right, <laughs> not doing it. 
Yeah. Not happening. Um, so this is what I played to hit Legend, and then once in Legend, um, I started. I, I came in around seven, seven, whatever it was. Decayed a bit down to about a thousand, and I've been jamming a bunch of Kingsman, and I'm back down to seven hundred ish. And so Kingsbane has been super fun. I'm currently 67% win rate with it. Um, I've been playing a bunch of different versions. I tried five or six different versions. Um, I started out playing Smudge's version. I think uh, her name is Chloe Sharp on um, Twitter. She's probably the best Kingsbane player around. I don't know. In the world, around somewhere, but she's in EU, and so and so the um, the meta there is different, right? And her deck was uh, was before the um, Dark Lair nerf, and so her deck was teched specifically to Dark Lair, and so I was doing okay with it, but it wasn't like I don't have an updated version. And then Brookworm hit Legend this past week, right before I did with Kingsbane, and so uh, she shared her list. And I liked it, but it was running a couple one ofs. Um, it was running one sap and one of this and one of that and, and a Leroy Jenkins. And I liked it, and I have a positive win rate with that too. But I feel like the one ofs are a little bit inconsistent. I played around adding Voracious Reader to it because I wanted more draw, um, and that was okay. But it, having the one ofs in the deck felt a little bit inconsistent. So I switched over to Corbett's version. And I mean, the decks at the core is all the same. But uh, that's the version that I've had the most success with. Um, currently, sixty-seven percent win rate with it, and uh, it. The only thing I feel like is risky is there's no sap, there's no doomerang, um, and really? in talking to Blue no Train, doomerang. so I think the reason that it works so well and the way that it justifies running no sap is that when your opponent is dead by turn five, you don't need sap. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's a fair point. <laughs> and so yep. Yep. Uh, there was a couple times that I wanted it, but like it's so fast. And so what I have resorted to... Lots of card to, draw. Lots of, lots of card draw. And so um, I resorted to crafting a bunch of these cards in gold. And so um, I wanted to let you guys know I'll be setting up a GoFundMe account because I need money to uh, craft, <laughs> <laughs> to craft more gold cards. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Uh, so, but look at I, I'm so close now. The only thing I'm missing two plague of flames and two dark skies, I think. And I'm I, I crafted my preps earlier today, but I'm missing one secret passage and one parachute brigand. That's it. And wow, you did the prep. You here's, pulled here's the trigger on the prep. I did. It was not cheap. Um, That's the one I still haven't pulled the trigger but on. When you. Yeah. When you're about crafting the golden cards, do you craft them in addition to your regulars, or do you disenchant the regulars so that you only have the golden? I keep what's both. your golden style? I keep both, but I don't. That's know. my style too. I don't know what other people do though. Uh, oh, I get rid of the regular ones. They oh. fuel more gold cards. It, what do you yeah, do, I wild card? I used to hold on to them for a long time, and then I realized. Yeah, I mean, not to not to knock at you, but like, yeah, I was like, that's dumb. I should just get rid of these because I'm not I'm not playing with the other ones. I mean, if I make a deck, I'm only playing with two cards. So they have four. Hmm. No point. And you know, I am like the king of gold. Like the color border that's replaced by the gold. Sometimes I like the the class colors instead. 
I see. Yeah, I don't know. Fair enough. Fair enough. But but I mean, there's, I mean, unless you have like a, a ton of gold cards, you're going to have plenty of class color in there. You know, just naturally, I would hope. There, um, mm-hmm. with the exception of the old gold decks that you play, and that's just a whole. That's this whole other baby, you know. <laughs> you know, I yeah, I don't know. I'm cu- I'm really curious what other people do. It it had not even occurred to me, um, and I think it was Armorn who asked, like, hey, er- earlier this week was like, hey, do you once you, when you craft the gold, do you get rid of the regular one? And I was like, yeah, I hadn't even thought of it. Like, it's because oh, it was your screenshot <laughs> when you crafted uh, Willow. You had the original one still there. Yeah, and yeah, it, yeah. It like boggled everyone's mind. Like, <laughs> <a lot of laughs> that There's 400 dust that you're never yeah. going to use sitting there. Yeah, well, <laughs> uh, I'm going to have to ponder that a little bit. I don't know. <laughs> you know, that here's the thing. Honestly, I'm worried that if I go and disenchant the regular versions, that like I'm going to regret it for some weird reason. I'm not going to be able to sleep at night. You I guys. would. <laughs> I do it so I can make more gold cards. That's. Yeah. A, but are you worried about mid-maxing the gold, the dust? Is that the issue? Because I know you like held on to like a ton of the cards, waiting for like the dark learners and things like that. Well, I did. If you try to mid-max, then. Well, I'm done now. But next time a set comes out, I'll do the same thing. I'll wait. Just till imagine, nurse. Nate, if you disenchanted every single regular card that was a duplicate of a gold card, how many more gold cards could you craft? A lot. Mm-hmm. A lot. <laughs> yeah. Sounds nice, doesn't it? <laughs> it sounds like a math problem. I, are... I think you should do it on the stream right now. You should just push the button. <laughs> oh my god, you guys are you guys are bad influences. Okay, move on yes. to somebody else. It's, I'm done. Okay. That's, I had a good Let's week. Let's talk to Goliath. Let's see what Goliath has been up to. What, what's new with you, man? What have you been doing this past week? Okay, so in Hearthstone, been very slow for me some month. I've Honestly, been I, I've, I keep running into the problem where I, I find a good deck that someone's made, but I'm always at least one epic or legendary short of it. And since I'm not a whale who can afford to just buy a ton of decks or whatever, I have to, you know, wait and do all my dailies and get packs. And maybe I get the card, maybe I slowly accumulate dust or whatever. I'm getting close to being able to craft another legendary. Like, for example, some Highlander decks, like I was, I was saving up, like, okay, I finally crafted Zephyrus, and I finally crafted Kazakus. But now a lot of those decks are using the Loremaster Polkek as well, so, like, I gotta save up for him, or the, uh, mm. or the Solaren from the, the Mage Prime, which is like, uh, I gotta save up for those things now. So what I've been using is... Uh, a zoo discard lock lately. Um, I've only just gotten up to Diamond 9 on it. Um, a deck that I've been having a bit more fun playing is actually... I've, I've been having to kind of uh, dabble in standard a little bit. And uh, for a stealth rogue, uh, using like uh, Infiltrator Lillian and a bunch of the stealth cards that came uh, with uh, Outland... And with Skullamance, I'm trying to get a wild version of it, but I'm short one Greyheart Sage on it at the moment. Okay. Um, outside of Hearthstone, it's been an amazing week for me. Um, honestly, stuff that I've been a lot more distracted with uh, IRL, uh, the maybe at the Costa Hearthstone stuff. Where uh, okay, so after three months of searching, I finally landed myself a job. Oh, did you get uh, it? I know you were interviewing hey, about that. Congratulations. Yes, I, I, 
I just got a, a position as a uh, as a main reporter for a uh, newspaper in a small town, uh, just about a half hour's drive away from me. So, and and it's part of a larger. Uh, uh, news company, so there's a lot of potential for advancement and everything, and I'm really happy to finally get that post-college job, you know. Nice. This, this has been an interesting year to graduate and attempt to enter the workforce, you know what I'm saying? I, yeah. uh, I can see that. Also got yeah, I also officially got inducted into a barbershop chorus uh, that uh, does some local barbershop music, I've been having a lot of fun singing that stuff, and Ooh. yeah, it's just been... Uh, and just earlier today, I, I went on a, a hike with a friend in one of the local nature areas. So, yes, it's been uh, it's been a very, very busy week for me, but a very happy one. That's and every a good time one. something new happens, I'm like, hey, they're going to ask me about my week when I'm on the show, and I get to say that <laughs> stuff. That's so, so cool. What to, yeah, what do you sing in the barbershop? I, I forget the names of each level, but what, what are you? Uh, I'm a bass. I, I, I have a rather limited vocal range. I'm I'm way down in the. In the um, I I have almost no falsetto at all at this point in my okay. life. Uh, Goliath did the, this week's song too, which is really really good. So it's it very is, good. Thank Actually, you. I had it in my head yeah, today yeah, because I knew really we were going to be playing it, and it's. I'm not going to say what it is, but it was just going over and over in my head. It's very good. Today. Thank you. <laughs> sweet well for me in this week of hearthstone i did a thing <laughs> where i don't I know, know a thing what, i know it should you're going to talk about what we talked about last night that's so funny yeah <laughs> okay so i used to before i joined the show i had an obsession of keeping three accounts at all times actually 1.4 accounts all rolling at the same time where I was complete, yeah, yeah. So playing on Asia, uh, EU, and North Americas, and then I had another alternate. Why I don't know. I used to play so on I'd, my I used to play on my kids' account though to try to get them the card backs each month. Well, that so. too. Um, <laughs> that also <laughs> <laughs> because he hasn't been playing Hearthstone a whole lot lately, but like he always says that he may want to come back and play it a little bit more. So I do his dailies. For him, but I just do his dailies against myself, so it doesn't matter. Like it'll be, it'll it'll be like play all these mechs or play all these murlocs. So I'll just like build him a deck full of mechs or murlocs, and then I'll just (laughs) burn them. Like, and I'm just playing against myself, and I'll like (laughs) (laughs) do his quests for him, and then I open packs. You're like that guy in the library who has the chessboard and he just plays against himself. Yeah, all the time. yeah, yeah. I'll do it to complete my my kid's quest, just so because like he'll come and watch me when I'm playing Hearthstone. Like he'll come and sit on my lap and he'll watch me play. And he used to play quite a bit, but it's been a while. He hasn't. It's probably well. It's been since Fortnite came out. <laughs> so. Fortnite. Yeah. Right. That explains a lot. Yeah, yeah, it does. The it really gets it's I mean, all flash. Which gets, costs gets... more? Uh, well, he was always free to play, but he actually does spend his allowance on Fortnite, <laughs> <laughs> which is pretty funny. Yeah, he he buys the V bucks so he can get cool things, and he uses his allowance for that. So, but that's the cosmetic, why. man. Co- cosmetics, the are cosmetics really are hard to resist. Yeah, that's the thing. It's only cosmetics. It, it you don't any get game. anything in the game 
like you don't get a better gun or anything. You just get like the cool skin, right? Yeah, but um, it's worth it to some people. I I don't know. Yeah. I'm a sucker for that stuff. Well, yeah, yeah, Why I ended up buying the Jaina bundle this week. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the point of all that is, I went I went back to trying to maintain the accounts again, uh, which I haven't done in months. Uh, I used to always log on, and I would on EU. I would usually get up to like I don't know in the old system, just like rank five or ten or something like that. But I would I would play it and I would do all my quests. Asia, I basically was there to complete my quests. It was just something to do when you know I would achieve wherever I was at in NA. Like I would have a goal. Like I'm gonna get here, and once I got there, I would kind of get bored. So I'm like, oh. I thought about it one day. I'm like, what would it be like if I just started a new account? So that's when EU started. And the first deck I built, because it's a ways back, I built a, a Cthune Warrior uh, because they gave you Cthune for free, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, right, okay. yeah. And then you get all these Cthune cards, and that was easy for me to build, is build that. But it's my EU account is built to the point where. It's completely free to play, so I built all like the main uh, wild decks that you would see. Because I knew if you're going to play free to play, why would you play standard? Like it makes no sense. Like play wild because these decks are eternal. So I built like odd rogue, odd paladin, pirate warrior, uh, mech paladin, secret mage, uh, quest mage, like all all like staples that are basically always good. Mm-hmm. So I can, depending on the meta, I can pick like whatever's currently like the thing in EU. So I did that on EU. Asia is nowhere near as big of a collection. Um, it's got Pirate Warrior, Secret Mage, Odd Paladin, and Odd Rogue, uh, which isn't bad. So those can all kind of go against the meta at any point in time, like depending on what's good. And like Secret Mage is like the cheapest good deck, even though it's super annoying. I hate playing against it, but I built it on my alternate accounts because I know it wins games. <laughs> but so, yeah, this week i just been jamming games on uh, my other accounts and my main account, just basically trying to do all my quests. I used to normally always keep up with the quests so I could, at the end of the season, you know, if you do all your quests, you get like, what, like 8,000 gold or something like that? Uh, quite uh, a bit, yeah. Before the, the next set comes out, and then, so you could just get all the packs and i used to do that like all the time and you know i dropped it and yeah, i started doing that this week so i've just been rotating through them all but outside of hearthstone i don't think anything interesting has happened to be honest other than the it's smoky out here still but it, it is getting better like you were saying nate and uh i think i think that's my week basically and unfortunately that's gonna be because once i get in a habit it's it, I get to keep doing it. Like Uh-oh. I already saw that <laughs> because I had to do all the Skolomads quests on the other things because I hadn't done them yet. So I like last night was going through the like legendary quests or whatever from Skolomads where it's do this mm-hmm. for your pack, and I was doing all that. And today I logged on to both my Asia and EU accounts and I had more quests there. I'm like, oh crap! After the show, I got to do more quests. <laughs> uh, that's so I, I think I may have fallen back into the trap. Uh oh. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah, so but, you're having fun. We're here as your support system. 
Yeah. yeah. No, no, it's it's fun. But uh, let's move on to the news. We don't have a lot of news, but we we got a little bit. One of the the main things uh, that happened this week is we got the solo content for mm-hmm. Jaina, and it's it's not too bad to be honest. It's the Book of Heroes. It's got the eight bosses, and it goes through her main timeline story. And by the way, and you've played it three I, times. I have played it three <laughs> times. <laughs> because <laughs> yes, this is true because I did it on Asia, EU, and North America. <laughs> oh my! Because I needed. Yep, I, I had to do it. I had to get that stupid mage pack at the end. I've only gone through the first two missions so far, and they were easy, but they're fun. I, it gets a little harder. Uh, it's it's not extremely like I failed at a couple of them and had to repeat it. You, yeah, like once you learn what their too. hero power does. It, but uh, I think. Um, go ahead, go but, ahead. But, but, but for me, I, th- I think that some some people have judged them a bit harshly, but I, I think that you need to keep in mind exactly what the goal is. I'm a fond of this expression that says. If you judge a fish by his ability to ride a bicycle, he'll spend his whole life thinking he's a failure. Basically, that you have to have the right standard in mind. And for people who are saying, you know, this was too easy, it wasn't challenging enough, or I, I don't think that that's really the intention of what it's designed for. Agreed. It's meant to be fun, free, uh, interactive way that you can uh, kind of have a bit of a power fantasy with, you know, an, an upgrading hero power as Janie gets more powerful and learn more about the character. So I, th- I think that uh, looking at through that at lens, it's very good at what it's doing. Let's put it this way. Super Mario Brothers on the NES. I played that game a million times. It didn't give me a pack. It didn't give me a skin. <laughs> but I popped that cartridge in like hundreds and hundreds of times. Right, like even if I had beat it, if I had failed, over and over again, did I play that game because it was either that or it was Duck Hunt, right? And so now, people complain when they don't get something out of it. I don't know. Just it's it's cool free content and it tells a story. So uh, shut up. Classic (laughs) classic Reddit comment. Give me a. I'd like a refund, please, on my free content. Right. Yeah, yeah. And being a story guy myself, that's the main thing I'm interested in. Working on a lore article uh, about it right now on Out of Cards, actually. So that'll hopefully be up within the next week or so. Sweet, nice, nice. Speaking so, of uh, the bundle, yes. Yeah, go go ahead. Take this one, Nate. Me. All right. All right. All right. Well, we'll uh, we're gonna be, <laughs> we're gonna be doing a giveaway. Uh, rather, we're going to be doing two giveaways, so that's that's exciting. Um, the uh, the Jaina bundle here is comes with five mage packs and the Jaina the Scholar Jaina portrait. Uh, it's only available until the twenty first of September, which I think is Monday. Mm-hmm. I think, and today's Correct. today's Friday. The calendar right next to me. Yes, so it's not available very long. I'm kind of surprised that. They're not doing it for very long, but whatever. Uh, so we've got two two bundles to give away. We are giving one away from the show personally, and we had um, a listener donate one uh, to give away as well, which was super, uh, super, super exciting. Um, they had asked to remain anonymous, so we want to um, honor that, but we are very, very appreciative and uh, 
super exciting. So here's how we're going to do it. Uh, we've got two bundles. We're going to give away one to the populace at large, and we'll do the, your standard kind of Twitter giveaway. And then we'll do a separate bundle giveaway specifically for the listeners of the show. Um, I have to do this by Sunday because it expires on Monday. And so rather than um, if we're not already friends in Hearthstone, uh, we'll just send you the 10 bucks. Um, Cause you, you have to, there's a waiting period. I don't know if everyone is aware, but you, you can't gift anybody anything in client unless you've been friends in game friends for at least three days. Yeah. And, and I did so, not know that. Oh yeah. I know. That's why, that's why. Uh, you can't gift anything in client unless you've been friends for at least three days. And so typically when we, something like this comes out, we'd have to do um, a giveaway way in advance or end it in enough time that um, we can friend the person and then go through that waiting period and then gift it in client. So uh, the easy way to get around it is like, we'll PayPal you or Venmo you or whatever, like 10 bucks and then you can buy it. Uh, so here's how to win. Um, you've got two chances essentially, uh, after the show, we'll post it up on Twitter. It'll be the standard kind of like and retweet so that we can, um, track the people and then we'll pick one, um, at random from those, uh, for the folks who are watching or listening to the show, um, by, I don't know, Sunday afternoon at some point, um, the the way that you enter that is just to send us a DM in Twitter um, on the show, or you can email us either way and you'd be considered. So uh, at born to be wild HS on Twitter, send us a DM and just say mage bundle giveaway. Um, or you can send us an email. If you don't use Twitter, you can send us an email. It's born to be wild HS at gmail.com. And you can email us and just say mage bundle giveaway and we'll throw you in. And that way we've got one for our listeners as well. So super, super duper exciting. Um, and, and, uh, we like giving back. So, um, got a quick question about the mage bundle. What, uh, cause I, I finished the, 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 the challenges, but I didn't open my packs. What is actually in the mage packs? Mage cards. They're only guaranteed uh, mage. Uh, like classic or something, then, or like classic cards. Yep, uh, it could be anything that is standard currently, right? Okay. Uh, yeah. I, I something like that. They're standard mage cards. Not standard not okay. not not classic. Yes. Not classic, but it's standard sets. Um, mage cards. Only. Right. So yeah, anything from from uh, Rise of Shadows to current. Okay. Yeah, that's the thing. Is a wild player. I have no idea where standard begins anymore. I'm like, you know, anytime I (laughs) those cards are always wild playable. Right. That's what that's what happens as a as a like long term wild only player when we say, oh, they're standard mage cards. Well, which sets are those? I don't know. I don't follow that, man. I got no clue. (laughs) I surprised Goliath when it started. I was like, I'm glad to see that's (laughs) it's the year of the what. Oh man! Yeah, um, and and the, this is one that's important to remember that they don't follow the guaranteed legendary after ten uh, packs rule. Unfortunately, they do. So, not. like for mine, I just got the standard, mostly commons, and the one rare in between. Nate ended up <laughs> with a golden Arast Frost Whisper. Right. So okay, so this is so funny. I. This is you need to put on your tinfoil hat for a couple seconds here, but Mike Mike Lowe, right on the show, 
talking about his whole conspiracy theory pack opening Kriparian like methodology <laughs> here. And he goes, Hey, here's how you do it. Here's how you open all the legendaries. You ha you always hit space bar, space bar, space bar, space bar. And I was like, nah, man, <laughs> he's like, just try it. And so, uh, I did five packs, two legends. One was gold in my first pack. And I was like, Mike Lowe, this is you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, uh, space bar as you're opening it or rapidly? No, no, no. That's how it, you can that's use, how it opens it. You can instead use, of clicking them. Yeah. Instead of clicking with the mouse, you can use space bar and it does the same function. Oh, uh, it, it'll flip hmm. the card. And so I don't know. It's, I shall it, test this theory. Uh, it, I, there's like a 99% chance that it's a, that it's a, what do you call it? urban legend? But, uh, it worked for me. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I don't know. I just opened, I actually, as you were talking, I opened a pack on mobile and I got a legendary in my first pack. What? So just now, just now. Yeah. What'd you get? So I, was, I got a Reno, the relicologist, non-golden. Oh. So it's, it's trash. <laughs> 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 Still a great card. Yes, it is a great card. Oh my god! And your card is a great card. <clears throat> amazing. What like me? Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I did open a, a legendary. What was the name of the one that I just got yesterday? Um, Asia that three twelve for eight. Uh, it, it's the the, the, the paladin. paladin one that rushes and turns uh, the opponent uh, card you're attacking into a three three. Goliath, it's the one that you said that didn't belong in Skolomance. The Paladin Legend. Uh, oh, uh, Terralian. Terralian. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I just got that one, and I wouldn't mind jamming it in a deck, but it's on my Asia account where I have the least amount of cards, so I will keep it. I'm not going to disenchant it. It's just going to take a while to actually have a deck I can throw that in. Yeah, we're sure. going to change the name of the show to Born to be Whale. And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Born to be Whale. <laughs> I won't fit in with that. <laughs> Jeez. I'm a peasant. This is, uh... God, we're such, we're such bad influences. Terrible. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, it, uh... Yes. Anyways... Uh, we're giving away two mage bundles. Please, um, <laughs> DM, yes, back to the main point. <laughs> slide into our DMs and uh... <laughs> all right. Uh, so the main topic of this show, we don't uh, normally we would do like an interview of the guest and all that, and we are skipping that because we've already interviewed Goliath and we know who he is and we like him very much. Um, Thank you. So we are going to be skipping straight into our lore. Uh, episode if you will and so um we had started these lore episodes with skullamance academy and there's nothing like new yet to talk about but we liked it so much that we're we're jumping back a little ways um to the last set which is ashes of outland and um there is and just an incredible amount of lore here and so uh without further ado like Let's just begin. I think we'll kind of shift things over to Goliath, and then we can interrupt you to ask questions. And I've got a whole mess of slides here, and so we'll kind of be going through them as we as we discuss. Um, and then at the end of the show, if anyone you know, if everyone still wants to hang out, we can we can talk about um, you know what we've been playing and do some co op uh, at the end of the show. So 
um, without further ado, Goliath, welcome to uh, Ashes of Outland lore story time. All right. All right. Pleasure to be here, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I'll just do a quick uh, recap for those who may not have seen the previous episode about the uh, particular relation of Hearthstone and Warcraft lore. So Hearthstone is based off of Warcraft in the sense that they are sort of like tall tales that people who live in that world tell for fun around a campfire, uh, or in this case, around... Uh, the hearth in in a tavern where they're taking a break for their adventure, setting aside any hostilities and just kicking back and uh, relaxing and uh, having fun telling some stories. Um, So just like how we have stories that stretch the truth of history and our real tall tales, like for example, think of uh, Johnny Appleseed or uh, Pecos Bill, Paul Bunyan, those types of tall tales set in a historical period, but you know, stretching the truth. That's what Hearthstone is to Warcraft. So there are some things that are going to be direct characters from the lore. There, there are others that are uh, Hearthstone unique characters, but I'm bringing them up in order to demonstrate, like, this is an example of this more general thing that I'm talking about. So uh, to get started with Ashes of Outland... This is a set that covers a huge thing because what we're talking about, Outland is essentially an entire planet or or what's left of a planet. We'll get to that later. Um, So most Hearthstone sets deal with a smaller area like, you know, Saviors of Old Doom is just about the region of Old Doom. Uh, Angoro, it's just about the region of Angoro. Those are much smaller areas on a single continent. This is an entire planet, basically. So we have to go back to the very beginning. Uh, So if you could put up the first slide for us, then we can get started with the creation (laughs) of what would become Outland. All right. Yep, we're good. Okay. So um, basically, Outland used to be this planet called Draenor. And uh, Draenor was a world that was just really full of life in the way it naturally evolved. There was this, uh, it's a very savage world. It's survival of the fittest taken to the extreme, where there was this huge carnivorous plant that just evolved and consumed everything that was known as the Evergrowth. And uh, was uh, kind of actually absorbed a sense of sentience after consuming just like, you know, this magical energy from here, and life on the planet, and et cetera, and et cetera. And so basically you have this huge hive mind plant that is dominating this entire world as it's evolving. And it's kind of terrifying. Uh, parts of it are known as the spore mounds. And there's various different parts. Like you have a section that is, you know, very tropical jungle-ish. And there's a section that is very, you know, like made up of fungus and mushrooms and all that sort of stuff. And it's just consuming everything. Now, uh, one of the most important uh Races in the Warcraft universe 
are these beings called Titans. They are basically huge, a giant, very powerful walking worlds that wander the cosmos. And they are very dedicated to preserving life and order. And there was this one named Agrimar who came along and saw Draenor and realized that this was just not a good situation because uh, eventually this evergrowth would consume everything on the planet until there was nothing left, and then it would consume itself, and then just everything would be dead on the planet. And so, um, because he wanted to restore a sense of balance to this world, but he was too big and powerful, like he probably would have destroyed the world by touching it if he tried to sort things out himself, he basically transformed a mountain like the hugest mountain on the planet. And he just infused it with a ton of magic and it became this giant being known as Grand. And what you see in our picture right here is Grand. He's the big stone guy who's like drooling fire and everything fighting okay. against the spore mounds who are the big leafy people. And this battle lasted for like, you know, thousands of years and everything, you know, it's, 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 it's a, you know, epic mythology type of origin story. But basically what happened is that as there's the huge struggle that goes on, uh, they kind of, they all destroy each other and pieces of them become the ancestors of all the races native to this world. So from, and you, you can go to the next slide now. Interesting. That makes that starts to make a little bit sense now that I when I start to see these. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. We're here. We're here. So I've got uh, the the forest warden Omu. Right. So Omu is uh, one of those examples of what I said is a Hearthstone original character, but is uh, the only example of this particular race. Um, and honestly, I have no clue what this character is doing in Skullamance because they're on Draenor and uh, the, the I, I don't know. Yeah, story-wise, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but it's a really cool character. Uh, this is a member of a race, what is known as a Botani. It doesn't and make sense this yet. Of, right. <laughs> like I said, well, you know, it's Tall Tales. So <laughs> it's probably told by someone who's had a lot of ale and it just has a fun. It's like, oh yeah, and, and there and there was totally a tree person at Skullamans too. Yeah, yeah, let's, let's say that you know. Uh, but that that's the great thing about Hearthstone. You can easily use the whole tall tale thing to explain away inconsistencies. Um, but yeah, so this is one of the races that come from the Evergrowth uh, pieces breaking off. Became like big, huge, uh, sentient uh, tree people with bark-like skin. And uh, they're, they're, they're always trying to take over Draenor again uh, in order to keep, you know, to have it just nothing but the, uh, but the, the growing stuff, the trees trying to take over. That that's kind of one of their thing. They're they're very powerful. Uh, if you get on the bad side, uh, next one. Okay. So here uh, we have a, another one. Remember, I I said that uh, there was also fungal elements. 
Uh, these are the descendants. Um, this uh, Archspore Mishfin uh, is the leader of this uh, group, this uh, race that is descended. And fortunately, they are far friendlier and kind of adorable. And, and this is coming from me where I have... Uh, I, I'm not a huge fan of fungus personally, but even I have to admit that these guys are just adorable. And uh, so they're also like a descendant of basically, you know, magically infused uh, pieces like from, from, you know, powerful spores and everything that came off of this, you know, giant plant creature uh, as it was fighting the huge uh, mountain creature, Grand. What are these guys and, called? Uh, for, like what's the race? Um, you know, actually, it's it's slipping my mind at the moment. Let me uh, briefly well, check. Uh, Team Five's mind too, because they didn't give it one. <laughs> call a little spore guys. Uh, this is another one though. Like when you pull them up, like the artwork from WoW looks ex- exactly like the card. Um, so I love. Well, it's that. interesting. That, uh, they're called sporelings. Okay. Sporelings. Sorry, so, Wildcard, what were you saying? No, it, it, it's weird, though. So if these are all different sort of sub-factions, it, it's almost, it makes me wonder why they didn't start new factions as cards. Like, why isn't this a Sporling card? You know what I mean? Like, Or is that... I mean, again, it's just a design you know what's, thing, but are there enough You mean, cards? like, tribes? Tribes, yeah. It's interesting you bring this up, though, because Celestalon posted something on Twitter earlier this week about that specifically. I think there was a card in the Jaina solo missions uh, where it's Illidan. No, 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 not Illidan. It's Malfurion. Malfurion. Mal- Malfurion comes up as a legendary card, and he's got a tribal of Night Elf. And so people started asking on Twitter, like, oh, my God, is there going to be a new tribe called Night Elves? And he's like, no, 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 no. When we back when we made this game, it was a lot easier for us to organize everything very specifically like that so that we could find stuff. And so all of the cards have all these different tags and like they're meant to be hidden. You know, it was a lot easier from the game perspective where we only had a small, yeah, a small number of, you know, so we have, um, you know, dragons and we have, uh, God, why is it slipping my mind now? What else, what are the other tribes? Totems, totems, totems Murlocs, Murlocs, pirates, right? elementals, Murlocs, Max. There you go. God. Wow. See, it's, it's been a long week. Um, <laughs> So I imagine, you know, there's a good chance that there's more behind the scene like tags. And so someone had asked kind of the follow up is like, oh, well, will we ever see some kind of new tribe? And like, oh, yeah, maybe, probably. Uh, Who knows? And uh, but I thought that was interesting. So I I guess my point is we very well could have a like Sporling tribe at some point, in in which case they'd have to bring enough cards for it to be worth it. Yeah. If there's going to be any sort of tribe specific synergy that says like if you control a sporling, if you control a tree ant, you know, if you control a secret, um, you know, do this thing. But but I think that they could pretty easily add those tags and cuz it sounds like they sort of like yeah. secretly exist in the background anyways. <laughs> I didn't link that article, sorry, but I I read it. Anyways, is, so is there anything to this character, or is this just an example of like yeah, the, yeah, the offspring of the giant tree? Character. Yeah, th- th- this is an actual character from Warcraft 
um, who is that this guy uh, now the the particular title of arch spore is unique to hearthstone but uh, he is basically the little chieftain of this uh, particular tribe this village of sporelings and he's kind of like the gatekeeper um, so he's that that makes sense with his uh, with his taunts ability right there and the prime is something that hearthstone just made up right here but it's also uh, connected because it says that he summons the fungal giant. The fungal giant is another uh, race that's kind of, kind of similar in that it's it's just a much bigger version, but it's also a descendant of the the evolved things that fell off of the fungal areas of the Evergrowth. And the so, if um, this little guy was a Pokemon, he might eventually evolve into that. <laughs> you could say that, yes. <laughs> <laughs> probably <laughs> um, so yeah but uh, and, and and moving on past these plant people to the next one um, once the uh, evergrowth was destroyed it allowed animal life to evolve again and uh, there were some really powerful beings that evolved out of it um, birds had a particular advantage because they could just fly above all of this trouble to the really high places. And um, uh, through a couple of like very powerful uh, kind of like demigod bird people that evolved, um, they created a race called the Arakoa. And that's who these are right here. Uh, an example of the Sethrex, uh Veil Weaver and the Cabal Talon Priest, and I think that there might be one or two that uh, exist in Hearthstone as well. Um, and they they have their own entire history that would take. I, I, so basically, I have to summarize a lot of stuff. I wish we could get these people, but there's not enough heart stone cards directly related to them to justify the time it would take but yeah. just know that there was different factions that evolved about some of them uh focusing on light some of them focusing on shadows some focusing on wielding arcane magic and there is you know backstabbing and political stuff and some of them got uh devolved and lost the ability to fly and that's why the ones in these cars are all like hunched over and you know look like they're you know kind of the dark magic types uh, that that that's what these particular ones are right here. yeah the C- cabal talent priest was always a, a favorite of mine back in uh dragon priest when it in its like sort of original inception just two of everything it was that was a really fun deck yeah, I agree. You wish to live forever. <laughs> yeah, hey, man, you're good at those. Hey, is there any Thank reason... I, I had to step out for two seconds. Uh, is there any reason why we see a bunch of these um, as priest cards versus um, other classes? Well, like I said, that generally involving... Um, well, well, for these ones in particular, they're the ones who are wielding the darker magic... And so it fits in with the flavor of Shadow Priest better than any of the other classes. Oh, Shadow Priest. That's what that's what I didn't I didn't catch on. Like I was thinking Priest, isn't that good? No, nah, but we've got Shadow Priest as well. No, you see it like I I I'm not sure, but it might even be the majority of of priest cards that yeah. are like the, the the void users and everything. That's uh, funny. Or, or old god related. I, I have I haven't counted, but 
I don't know. It's either split even, or there might even be more of the priest cards at this point. I'm not sure. Oh God, you're probably right. Priest, priest as a class is genuinely evil. I can confirm that. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't used to be. Nobody played that. Everybody always complained that it was underpowered for years. You know, and That's, now everyone hates that- on it much that's the circle of life in hearthstone you a class yeah. is terrible people complain they make it good people complain they make people it bad again. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, res, the res mechanic drives me crazy yeah uh, yeah yeah i'm yeah. so glad i don't see big priests anywhere at this point because they, the, they they made me quit wild for a little while <laughs> i feel you there uh okay are we moving on to the next one yes all right so the ogres. So we talked about yeah. So we talked about the creatures that the spore mounds. We talked a bit about the, the Irakoa being just kind of evolving from other animals that stood a chance now. But there are also like magically infused uh, pieces of rock that fell off of Grand during the fight. And they became known as the Colossals, and they helped to continue the fight against the plant people. Um, But basically what happens is that over a very long period of time, uh, they break down and evolve and or devolve, depending on how you look at it, into different types of races. So you have the Colossals that become these beings called uh, Megaron, and ones that be uh, get infused with uh, the spores, and so they start evolving into like half rock, half flesh beings. And you got like Gron and Ogron, and like the, the, these different creatures, until eventually you get these completely flesh uh, beings called ogres. And they built uh, this big empire called the Gorian Empire, and it were a really powerful force on Draenor for a long time. They uh, focused a lot on arcane magic, as you can see in the Ogre Magi. Um, uh, Some of them could be quite intelligent in the magical department. A lot of them, not so much. Very much the dumb brute types. You can see the the Boulder Fist Ogre. I'm ready. Um, I'm not ready. <laughs> and sometimes the the, mo- the magically inclined are often the ones who would be born with two heads. Uh, that that helped to make them a bit more intelligent. I'm not entirely certain how that works, but s- somehow having two heads makes them more intelligent and magically inclined. And so they were very uh, very powerful force uh, for a while. But, uh, but the evolution didn't stop there because some of the ogres evolved and or devolved, depending on how you look at it, into a smaller but more intelligent race known as orcs. And this is where orcs come from. Orcs are the great, great, etc. Uh, evolutionary descendants of a magically infused mountain that was created to fight a giant plant. Wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, I any questions? Do uh, like, like, say, for example, like the ogre magi and the boulder ogre. Do are they of the same time, or did the ogre magi come before the boulder ogre, or? Where they no, fighting it's, you know, it's, each other? It, it, there's classes and caste systems that they have, and that sort of thing. You know, obviously the the magi would be you know near the top, 
and uh, the the things like the boulder fist would be more like grunts. Um, but generally, yeah, it's, they, they, they're very capable of at the same time there. They're, they're all part of the same army, essentially. Though. Yes. Okay. So yeah, the, just serving very different roles. <laughs> so the two heads, though, is like almost like a status thing, right? They're more intelligent. They're uh, they're higher above the others. Exactly, and it's very rare for ones actually. Also, that's you know just, that's just a status in itself. Like okay. you know, kind of like a person getting born with the royal birth or something. You might say. Gotcha. <laughs> All right, so we're moving on into orcs. Uh, I've got, so next up, I've got Beastmaster Leorox. Yes. So this is a, um, interesting and slightly disturbing elements of the right here where, um, the ogres were very powerful and, you know, generally quite cruel. Uh, they liked enslaving the orcs and everything. Uh, so the orcs would, remember this is, this is all very savage world fight to survive type of thing here on Draenor. It's how things have naturally evolved. And so uh, there's, you know, orc raids, you know, trying to break the power of the ogre empire and everything. And as ways to uh, fight against the orcs, one thing that the ogres did at one point was they captured several orcs and uh, forced them to interbreed with ogres and uh, created this new race known as the Machnathal. So they're basically half orc, half ogre. And they were enslaved by the ogres and eventually gaining freedom at some uh, future point in history. Um, and so Beastmaster Leorax right here is the, in, in his particular time, is the leader, the chieftain of all of the Machnathal. Okay, so these are half ogre, half orc. Yes. Right. Now the how, um, how can honest, you tell? So, so the screen, the screenshot right here is not the greatest because they don't really have Machnathal models. Mm-hmm. The art of the card is actually one of the best depictions we've had because you know they could just draw things that were dependent on a game model. So really, looking like something is half ogre, half orc. Now, one thing, I and I, I believe we're going to get into this later, but these guys are, um, a, at least the orcs right now, like we're all used to, those of us who started out with Warcraft 1, Warcraft 2, like we're used to little green orcs. And I noticed that these orcs are all kind of a yellow, tan, orange, whatever color. So I believe we're getting into that mm-hmm. later though, right? Yeah, yeah. We're, we're Oh, that's a huge part of the story that we're going to get Ex- into. Exciting. Just establishing the who's who on Draenor. And I love that part of the story, actually. It's yeah. yeah. One doesn't, isn't there? Well, anyways, we'll get to it later. But uh, <laughs> now, who? I mean, I I know the answer to this, but let me ask you: like, what is the significance of Beastmaster Leorox in regards to our favorite uh, hunter hero? Yep. Well, he is Rexar's dad. Um, Say what? Now the thing is that Machnathal are actually very peaceful by nature. Uh, they, they, they had their fill of war. They don't like it. Um, Rexar is a bit more of a fighter. And so he actually became like estranged from his dad because his dad like, no, you got to stay peaceful. Rexar's like, nope, I'm going off to go and fight. 
And they, so, yeah, it's they actually became an, an estranged family that had to reconcile later on. <laughs> Interesting. Now, I noticed cool. that Leorox here has some kind of like saber tooth tiger type pet. And then we know that Rexar has Misha the bear. Um, it, is that something with their tribe thing? Is that a hunter thing? Is that a Mocknathal thing? Or what is, or is that, we don't know. Um, I mean, obviously, when you live in a like this, uh, it is very, you know, hunt to survive type. It probably would be very prominent in their culture. Uh, Mocknathal specifically is not something we have a ton of specific lore on. Uh, so we don't know all the details of their societies and everything. But um, I'd say, like, it's it's not like every Mocknathal was a hunter. But it makes sense that it would be something that uh, would maybe particularly be in Rexar's family or the way that he was raised or some sort of tribal aspect that he was inspired by and took as his calling. Okay. Okay. Is there anything else? Oh, sorry, Wildcard, I keep cutting you off. Go for it. You have a question? Um, you're good. Um, yeah, is that why he says, I hunt alone? Is that because he broke off from his family? Is that sort of the... Yeah, he's the lone wanderer who just... Hey, yeah. you, sorry, you, you cut out for a second. The lone... it, yeah, he, he he's the lone wanderer who... Uh, who most... We 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 yeah, lost. Yeah, that's the whole I hunt alone thing. Okay, okay, but but he's so he's separated from his from his dad and his family and his group to go do his his hunting thing on his own. Okay, that's interesting. Right. Do we have? Is there any more like lore focused around this character, or should we move on to the next one? Um, I think it's time to move on to the next one because anything else with Star is later on in storyline so okay. we don't want to get too mixed up here yeah so i do have rexar here and so rexar again this is a machnathal so rexar is half ogre half orc correct okay i did not know that i did not know that that's really cool well can mm-hmm. i ask um real quick, likes uh, to cosplay as batman <laughs> <laughs> um especially for the audio listeners maybe um can you tell us what distinctive features are Orc only, and what are Machnathal features that that you can distinguish? The okay, sure, sure. So, so his body build, um, it's a lot larger. It's a lot bulkier than an orc. That's more things along the ogre side. Um, now, obviously, like I said, he he's, has this wolf helm that looks like he's doing the Batman cosplay. But uh, so you can't entirely see his face. You can see it a bit more with the. Uh, and the art for Beastmaster Leorix. But uh, the, they have a bit more of the, the... The face is a bit more of a mesh, but what really sets them apart is the intelligence that they are... They, they have... They, they were basically bred to have the physical strength of the ogre, but having the uh, fighting spirits and the and strategic uh, intelligence that orcs had, which was an advantage over ogres... And so the ogres are like, okay, we're going to breed a people to protect us from the orcs. That's the best of both. Okay, very okay. cool. So it's mostly gray matter then. Than, uh, the it kind of, yeah. Yeah, yeah like that, that's the most that I can uh, find words to describe at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as I know, there is not a, uh, a nad- Warcraft anatomy book about that sort of thing, though. Come to think of it, that would be pretty awesome if they were to publish that. 
So is there anything specific about Rexar in, in terms of this Ashes to Outland story? Or or is this just a, a kind of a de- descendant line, like showing uh, where the descendants of the mountain came from? Well, yes and no, because Rexar's uh, big thing that sets him apart is that he ended up uh, becoming a champion of the Horde later on after its form. So he's pretty much the only Machnathal that's in Azeroth, where the majority of the story takes place and all the rest are still in Outlands. He actually became known as a champion of the Horde, like a really high position in it. So that's something that particularly sets him apart. At one point, uh, he did, uh, when circumstances that we'll talk about later on, had uh, the Alliance and Horde going to Outland, that's when he kind of reunited and reconciled with his dad a bit, because his dad is like, you know, we're, we're under a lot of threats. Maybe the whole should bad thing after all. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, that's cool that they reconciled though. I mean, I like yeah, that. maybe not completely, but at least on better terms. Before. Yeah. Um, they hugged it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Sh- should I move on to the next one? Yes. Yes. Now we come to, uh, where, where things really get uh, rolling here, because the that that's essentially you know the 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 descents getting the the chessboard is set up with the basic roots. Excuse me, but now we have, um, if I may be so bold as to say, a wild card that is played <laughs> here. Um, so because... for the sorry, let me interrupt you for just two seconds for the for the yeah. audio listeners. We have a prophet Velen up on the screen. So yes, all right, all right carry on. <clears throat> so essentially right here we have the Draenei. Um This is basically the equivalent of an alien crash landing on Earth right here. Um, because the Draenei are from an entire different planet called Argus. And they had a whole civilization there and everything. But then it kind of got taken over by the demons of the Burning Legion, and they keep on chasing the Draenei around in this, essentially as a spaceship. And then the spaceship basically breaks and crashes right on to Draenor. And so then they, which is, by the way, why it becomes known as Draenor to most people, because it's where, it's what the Draenei call it, it's the land where the Draenei live, Draenor. Uh, even though they're not actually the natives, you would tend to call it like Orkanor or something. But uh, <laughs> we know it as Draenor uh, because of that. And okay. Velen is the leader here. He's he's the, he's the prophet. And um, there's, you know, they, their whole society, they're basically trying to survive. They get along with the orcs for a while. Um, relatively peaceful things. I mean, the orcs are, you know, like I said, for, from the orcs' perspective, this is what we would feel if, you know, alien spaceship crashes in your backyard and starts setting up a little town or something. You, you, you kind of get a little freaked out, you know, <laughs> wouldn't you? <laughs> What's that movie and with so, uh, Jim Carrey where the spaceship lands in in the, in the pool in the backyard? I think it's called Earth. Oh, actually, I shouldn't say the name of that movie. <laughs> Never mind. Move. On. It's called Earth Chicks Are Easy. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. I about that movie. <laughs> I've never heard of it. Yeah. So the Drenai, but, uh, these are interesting. Like these, these folks have purple skin and tentacles. 
where their chins mm-hmm. should be. And uh, okay, do they, these guys have like the kind of hoove hooven feet as well? Yeah, yeah. They're they're basic. A lot of people uh, when talking about the game, a lot of players like to refer to them as space goats. <laughs> Tentacle space goats. Space goats. Coast, coast. coast to yeah. coast. That's <laughs> what many players like to refer to them as. Oh my um, God. And of I course, I absolutely love Bellin's long, luscious beard there. It's amazing. Um, but yeah, so Be- Bellin is the leader there. And uh, an interesting thing that happens is that... Um, so so there, there are these beings called... Uh, that we're helping them out. They're basically creatures uh, made out of light. And one of them kind of died in the crash, but one of the results of where its body uh, ended up laying, because it's, you know, like made of light and everything, holy magic, is that it started attracting the spirits of the Draenei who died in the crash, and that's uh, where the Solmir comes from on our next slide right here. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. So, the, yeah, the next the next slide is the Solmir, which is the legendary priest spell from... Uh, yes. I don't even yes, know what said the... anymore. <laughs> that's, God, Outland. That's <laughs> We're Makes focusing sense. on Outland cards here. Uh, <clears throat> but, yeah, so, basically, uh, the Drenai discovered we can communicate with the spirits of the, the deceased Trenai here because their souls are attracted to this area. So they built this giant mausoleum city of the dead uh, called the Arkandun. And the soul mirror is this crystal that allows them to communicate with the spirits. And so uh, this card's effect is summon the copy of the enemy minions, kind of like, you know, the... Like the your, your ancestor or or your soul double or something that's being summoned from the power of the soul mirror. That's pretty good flavor, actually. I like that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I didn't notice this until like I had pulled up the artwork, like I had googled it. But the the character in the soul mirror card mirrors the one from WoW, like right below. It's um, mm-hmm. it's wearing the same armor, so clearly, like it's a Drenai. I don't know, warrior or something, but like what, what is there any significance to that character? Well, that he's, he's the member of a uh, special order of Drenai uh, uh, to protect the spirits of the dead in Arkandun right there. Okay. Uh, uh, when they became under, under uh, threat. And so, yeah, yeah. Basically order that's meant to pr- protect the area. Very cool. It reminds me of like the Royal yeah, Guard and, from, uh, from Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is, and, and this is making me want like a, a pre-spaced too. expansion or something. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. Yeah, kind of would actually. Yeah, there, 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 there's uh, a lot more space stuff in this fantasy story than you might initially expect there to be. And the Drenai are big contributors yeah, to okay. that yeah, they, 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 they have teleportation, uh, like from Star Trek, and they have all their spaceships and everything, and they're from a different planet. And, you yeah, know what lo- we need is we need, like, like spaceship that. cards that you put on the board, and you can, like, load your minions into it, kind of like a bunker in Star Trek. I thought Trek. that sort of thing could be really cool, too. I You know, 
I've tried to get into Magic the Gathering like three separate times and just like my Hearthstone brain finds it way too complicated. <laughs> um, but I remember once when I tried to do it, it was a set that was out and they were having these vehicle cards in Magic. Um, it was like an invention themed one or something. Uh, and uh, like you, you, you could load uh, minions into this vehicle card in order to activate special things. Like that would be something really cool to have at Hearthstone. Huh. All right. Uh, okay. Should I, should I move along to the next one? Yes. Yes. Cause now All right, is next when we have up, things uh, get really bad here. So we have Goldan here and I've got uh, the screenshot of him from world of Warcraft, but I've also got both hero portraits of his normal one. And then his, uh, 1K portrait because his 1K portrait like really mirrors his uh, appearance in the game. Yeah, it's 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 amazing, and that's probably the 1K portrait I'm the closest to getting. Just because I tend to play ranked with Warlock a lot. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm not that close to getting it, but I'm probably going to get it before any other. Very and cool. I do really like it. Okay, so he's so, a yeah, orc, so... right? But he's mm-hmm. and he's green. Yep. All right. So, basically, the reason he's green is also the reason that he's the warlock hero. Um, Because he was the first orc. And in World of Warcraft and Hearthstone, being a warlock means that you're dealing with the fell chaotic magic of the Twisting Nether that is the same magic that the Demons of the Burning Legion use, often generally involving uh, packs or summoning those demons or working for them or whatever. Now, Gul'dan was basically... Uh, <laughs> he was a... What's the word that I'm looking for? Uh, freeloader in his uh, tribe. Uh, he was a cripple and was just like... Not really good for anything, and he tried to be a shaman, but the elemental spirits didn't like him, because you know, that's what being a shaman is all about, communicating with the elemental spirits, because they sense that, you know, this guy is nasty, we don't want anything to do with him. <laughs> um, so eventually, yeah, yeah, even even like the, the, the very magic of the earth wanted nothing to do with this guy. Um, and so uh, he basically ended up uh, as the vehicle for the uh, demons of the Burning Legion to, because they were looking to invade Azeroth, but they had tried that in the past and it didn't really work. So their new plan was, okay, we're going to create this powerful army that is going to wear down all the people that beat us back the last time. And since they'll all be tired out, they won't be able to fight us off when we invade this next time. And that was the whole goal that they wanted the entire orcish race and turn them into slaves of the Burning Legion. And Gul'dan was all too happy to sell out his entire race to being slaves but meant that he could have power and someone who didn't completely reject him what a guy uh, <laughs> what a guy yeah he's like the most supremely selfish character in all of warcraft i think <laughs> and yeah so the thing is like the the green skin happens to be from 
infusing with the fell magic there. Um, I mean, I imagine that, his... that's why he is. Yeah, I mean, his other orc folks probably look at him weird, right? Like, they're like, uh, how come you're the only green one here? It's like, well, I'm doing dark fell magic and uh, turn my skin green. Uh, just... Well, that's the thing. It all had to be in secret. So, like, you know, he, he can't let them know that he's doing that. They, he, he works really hard to corrupt them without them realizing it in gradual stages. Uh, but first, he tricks them into thinking that the peaceful Drenai are out to get them, and he arranges for them to slaughter a whole bunch of Drenai. And that's when the first horde is actually established. So, um, so is he sort of like an outcast? Like, is he out in hiding in his, like cave somewhere you know like orchestrating from behind the yeah. scenes exactly he is the puppet master you guys remember the card shadow council yes mm-hmm. yeah yeah i do that shadow council is the secret group of blocks that he founded to control all of the orcs and behind the scenes to gradually corrupt them um and on the next slide we have his uh basically second in command Chogal. <laughs> Chogal is very clearly an, a two-headed ogre, right? I mean... Yep. But he looks different because he's yep. got these, like, spikes growing out his back. So, and he, he's got, like, eyeballs where his nipples should be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which, Kaboom. I guess it's great for him because he doesn't have to worry about being censored. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Chogal has an interesting, unique story where, um, so he was obviously, like you said, two-headed ogre, a uh, powerful member of the Empire. Uh, they actually were really afraid of him, and so they kicked him out so that they, they didn't want him to overthrow or anything. Uh, that just made him matter. And he met up with Gul'dan and joined the Shadow Council, and he was put in charge of working with this orc tribe uh, that was known as the Twilight's Hammer Tribe. Uh, Now, they were very much about uh, worshipping the Void and longed for the end of all things, the hour of twilight, uh, when the forces of darkness would consume everything. And Chogal was put in charge of recruiting them into Gul'dan's uh, team. Uh, And so at first he just kind of pretended to be like the prophesied, I'll lead you to the hour type of thing uh and you know we're we're working on corrupting people and we're forming this huge army that's going to cause a lot of destruction and it's going to be great it's totally what you guys want uh, so at first he was just pretending but then he eventually like re- became a true believer in their dark causes he drank the and Kool-Aid. yeah he drank the well, well we're gonna get to drinking the kool-aid <laughs> the just <fell> a <laughs> In a more literal sense. But um, so eventually, uh, when when the Horde would end up on Azeroth, uh, was when he would meet the old gods and become their champion. And it was through their corruption, that's why he has like the spikes and the eyeballs. And that, that's very old goddy type of stuff right there. Right, right, there. right. Okay, that makes sense. Is there a reason that and like, then, you're about the fell um, being the the thing that corrupts them, right, and to make them green? But why is everything purple or indigo colored? Uh, you mean with Chogal? 
but Chogall, even like um, even like, uh, Dan's original portrait, he's actually per- he's, he's indigo colored. If you want to go back, well, to uh, for the Gul Dan, that's really just an art art style thing. Okay. Um, like it, it's more just like he he's wearing. It's like the way that they're showing the light shining on his robe and from his magic and stuff. Um, his skin is it, it's kind of green, but it looks a bit on the grayish side when mixed with the blue. Uh, that's why I like the the updated art for the the new one that clearly shows. Oh yeah, he is actually green. It's the green machine. I got you. And yeah, and so we're talking about two different sources of magic. The demons in the fell is manifest as green. Although I will later talk about uh, when you overdose on it, it actually goes red. Um, but b- old god and void magic is always of the purple, black, indigo type of stuff that you're talking about there. Okay. So two different types of evil magic, and actually they 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 kind of are at actually at odds with each other. Interesting. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, because okay. The, yeah. So anyway. Uh, All right. And then we move on to. Uh, Gromish Hellscream. Uh, yeah. Green, the original classic warrior legendary. Right. Which, by the way, how cards to, I don't I never see anyone playing these this card these days. Is it good for anything? Uh, in standard they're playing it in, in Rage Warrior. Yeah, it's not bad in standard at the moment. Okay. I don't think it's been good in wild since like they play with a risky skipper. With Risky Skipper, oh, it's, it's pretty yeah. crazy. Yeah. Uh, or I saw some people playing it in like a rec- in Recruit Warrior as well. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It, he's I haven't played it in Wild. I think since Patron Warrior was was big. But <laughs> yeah, um, it's like you got to damage him first. That's that's the thing. You know, there's got to be a a proc as well as popping it out. Yeah. So that's what slows down. Well, just tools, right. just like, which the Risky Skipper does. Yeah. So Grom here, Grom here in the artwork. Two things to note: number one, he's not green. Uh, so this is pre-green Grom, and his giant mm-hmm. axe—that's uh, Gorhal, right? That is correct. Rock and roll. I uh, see. I I do. Know, <laughs> I do know a tiny bit. Okay. Yes. All right. Yes. My, my Gorhal is golden, by the way. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Gorehal is interesting. Well, you know, it was made before they started making legendary. So technically, it would qualify as a legendary weapon, significant, recognized, unique weapon held by a significant character. But they it has to settle for being epic because they, they, they weren't a thing back when it was made as a card. <laughs> right, right. But okay. um, So yeah, what is the so- significance of, of Grom here? Well, he was the chieftain of the, this group of orcs called the Warsong Clan. And it's like, you know, really powerful fighter, everything. And he was the first one that Gul'dan was able to completely corrupt and enslave to the Legion. Because uh, the way that he did that was he got them to drink demon blood. I see. You heard me right. <laughs> He convinced them that they, in order to be that they need to be more powerful, and the way to do that was to drink demon blood. What he did not tell them was that it would uh, turn their skin green, 
uh, give them a permanent bloodlust where they would always want to destroy stuff and would completely shackle their wills to their demon masters. So, you know, fine print. <laughs> wait, wait, is that why his eyes are glowing red by any chance in the picture? Yes, that's that that's like the constant rage, the bloodlust that the orcs were all uh, Oh, okay. No, I wasn't sure cuz drank the demon blood. You were talking about when you when you overdose on the uh on the fell magic stuff, right? That it presented as like red instead of green. Or is this different? That's this correct. is like blood. This is the kind of Th- this this is different. This is the bloodlust. We'll gotcha. get to the overdotes in just a little bit, but uh, yeah, and then and then the uh, slide that we have next is the image of uh, him drinking the blood of Manoroth, uh, who is the name of the demon that uh, Gul'dan got it from. So, how did that and, come about? Did he have to? Uh, did he have to like kill the demon, or did the demon sacrifice itself, or did the like? No, nope, is- the demon is just uh, goes. Because uh, you know he 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 want he wants this to happen. Obviously, it's part of the master plan. And it's just uh, a bit of bloodletting, just like you know, cuts open and drains some blood into this uh, stone bowl type of thing here, and just like, all right, everybody, line up and swig. <laughs> wow, wow! Uh, I love this picture, though. I mean, you really see Goldan like kind of plotting in the background, and Grom is up here. With oh, yeah, with the giant mm-hmm. gore howl drinking the drinking the blood, like yeah. And uh, by the way, these uh, for anyone interested in uh, the artwork here, um, uh, most of these come from the Warcraft Chronicle Co books, uh, which is where I do a lot of my research. Uh, mostly Volume Two right here, which talks about the orcs and Draenor a lot. And then also volume three for some of the later stuff right here for anyone who's curious. Nice. They're a lot thinner than I thought they would be (laughs) because it seems like a lot of information here. Oh, they're, they're, they're pretty thick. Okay. Uh, The artwork is gorgeous. I may have to, I may have to look into those. I like just gotten eight. (laughs) I think you did. I I mean, I buy the Hearthstone art books because they're, I mean, there's some text, but it's mostly art, but like, God, they're gorgeous. I'm so excited for the one coming, uh, the the mammoth one is actually coming out right around my birthday. So oh, it's nice. like, you know, at the top of my wish list. <laughs> and then I'm also happy for the Year of the Raven is coming out in the spring, so we don't have to wait a full. Yeah, that'll be nice. Uh, okay, so Grom, you said, so I call him Grom, but it's Gromash, right? Hellscream is the first one yeah. to drink the demon blood and turn green and become enslaved to the demons. So does then he give it to his, to his clan or his group or whatever? Yeah, basically he's just like the, basically this is the orc version. Because he is the leader of a very powerful clan. And so they're like, well, if Grom's doing it, then we should probably do it too. Huh? Yeah. Well, and also, I mean, I guess contextually, if we're on Drenner and this is a killer be killed style, and this presumably is making them more powerful, uh, right? I, I imagine they probably don't see it at first as like a you know weakness or a enslavement. It's like, a, oh, we're going to get even more powerful. Right. No, than... they're being tricked into it. Right. 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 Interesting. Okay. Okay. All right. I like this. Okay, I'll move on to the next one. Uh, so we have Terran Gorefiend. Right. 
So, uh, so this is skipping ahead just a little bit. Essentially, what is that um, Gul'dan uh, builds the Dark Portal that is able to take the Orc army from Draenor, which, by the way, is kind of dying now because, as it turns out, when you're wielding around magic, that it basically creates uh, from draining life and creating chaos everywhere. It's kind of bad for the environment. And so... <laughs> Who would have thought? Yeah, you know. And so basically the, their motivator is like, okay, our world is dying, and they're not putting the pieces together that it's because of this warlock magic. I mean, the warlocks know it, but, you know, they, they, they don't care. that The other people are just like, we got to go to a new world, conquer a new home. And so they go through the Dark Portal to invade Azeroth, and this is where the very first game takes place. All of this has been a bunch of backstory. Uh, <laughs> so uh, this is where uh, the, the first clash between the human kingdoms, uh, like the first version of the Alliance, and then the Orcish Horde. And um, basically then uh, there's the first war, and then there's another second war. And as a part of that second war... Um, Gul'dan uh, basically is obligated uh, because he people are the orcs are kind of starting to catch on to what he's all about here, and he's like, okay, I have to make myself really useful and help them get victory, or they're going to kill me. Uh, because like, he's powerful, but he's also an old hunchback, so there's only so much he can do if like the entire army turns on him. So he uh, and his uh, warlocks work to create these new powerful soldiers called Death Knights, which basically what they do is they kill human knights and they kill orc warlocks and they stuff the soul of the orc warlock into the dead body of the human knight. And they have very powerful necromantic magic and just have this aura of terror about them, kind of like the Nazgul and the Lord of the Rings. And they're very effective weapons right here. Uh, So, like, they look like humans, but they're technically orcs. Okay, and we talked about this a little little bit last time. This is very different than the Death Knights that were brought about through Kel'Thuzad and the Liches, right? This is the first incantation of the Death Knight. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This version is basically the stuffing of one soul into another body. The Death Knights that we're familiar with from is a corrupted or controlled soul that is imperfectly bound to its body. Uh, so it's 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 two different types of undeath in that sense. And so yeah, Taryn Gorfiend is like remember he says i was the first you know he literally was he was the first uh orc warlock to uh get uh raised as a death knight he was like you would say that he's the first successful test uh <laughs> like the 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 first guinea pig that actually worked out <laughs> so, so i guess you know if we read into one of one of my kind of ongoing questions if you will is how does the card in Hearthstone compare to the character in the game? Like, what is the relation? Like, we talked a lot about in Skull Like, and I actually see the flavor here that if 
we're talking about how death knights are created by killing the human and stuffing the the orc soul into it like that is very on par with his battle cry here destroy other friendly minions and then resummon them with plus one plus one like that's like creating more i know, know this is one of my favorite uh, like, flavor matches that's like spot on i really like it me too what's crazy is like if we play this game casually like that has the the battle cry and the death rattle has zero meaning you know you're just like oh well that's a cool ability but like knowing the lore behind it like takes a whole other meaning you know that's really mm-hmm. neat mm-hmm. and he also just has an amazing Down. sorry you, you cut out for a second what is it you said he's got a really amazing animation yeah yeah you know when you play him and like the the egg that's down and everything crazy all right i haven't played him that much i have him but i i, I need to play him more yeah is and there any so significance that, yeah. to the horse or is that just his steed that's just his his, his steed yeah okay. maybe if, if it has a name i'm not aware of it um so presumably yeah, he's so, the first and then they create a whole mess of these as well exactly okay all right Sh- shall i move on Yes. All right. Yes, because now we're finally getting to where this becomes Outland. It's no longer Draenor, it's Outland. Because, so I've got a um, I've got a picture here. Like what what yeah, what is this? What's going on here is this is a powerful orc shaman named Nerzul, who I might add is a very significant character and really should become a Hearthstone card sometime in the near future. Uh I, I would love to see the um, make it that but essentially uh taryn gorefiend talked him in to attempting to they're like okay so we've been beaten back when we try to conquer azeroth and that hasn't been working well but there's a lot of other worlds out there surely one of them has to be weak enough for us to be able to conquer right and so what he does is they they invade azeroth in order to steal some powerful magic relics and try to perform this ritual to open up portals to other worlds. Just one little problem is that really powerful spells that tear holes in reality tend to require a lot of precision. And this spell didn't really go very well. Oh, oh, it it opened up portals. It it just kind of opened up way too many portals and basically like tore reality apart and the entire planet was shattered and like isn't even fully on the material it's like partially in the physical world and partially in the twisting nether just completely surrounded by the fell magic and stuff and so, and interestingly, what happened here is Nerzul, uh, he tried to escape. He kind of got captured by the demons in the Burning Region, and... King. Wait, wait, wait. So that's wait, the wait, origin wait. of the Lich King right there. Wait, 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 sorry, wait, you cut out. He got captured by the demons in the Burning Legion, and then what happened? Uh, they turned him into the first Lich King. Oh, whoa, whoa, oh, okay. No. That's the origin of the Lich King right there before Arthas came along. Was, was okay. Was it all the same armor and everything, 
Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah, very special armor, which actually we're going to learn more about uh, in the Shadowlands expansion of Warcraft that's coming out next month. Ooh. Which I'm really excited about. Okay. Uh, so yeah, yeah, that's... So then uh, the whole world is completely shattered, and it's Outlands now. Wow, and I'm surprised that we didn't... Yeah, I don't know. And like Gobbledygook is saying in the chat, I'm surprised that he wasn't part of the Outland set. He seems like a major character. Yeah, that that's what I'm saying. He needs to be a car. Yeah. Um, All right. Uh, okay, so next up I have Magtheridon. Uh, he's yes. a giant demon. Mm-hmm. So you remember how I mentioned that um, it's partially in the physical realm and part nether basically what that means is that outland is now this amazing crossroads and highway of a whole bunch of different portals where demons can easily get from one place to the next across the universe okay so it's kind of like how in history where you have people who fight wars over having very strategic pieces of land for things like trade or to move armies across. That's basically what the demons are doing, where they want to take over outlands. And Magtheridon is the general they send to conquer and rule over it. And what he does is he enslaves the remaining orcs who are still there. Uh, And this is where the... Overpower the fell that makes you red comes in because, um, as we see on the next part with uh, Kargath Blade Fist, is that um, basically like because they, they they had already drank demon blood, which turned them green, mm-hmm. but now they're given even more demon blood. And just force, like they're see. kind of it's like injected and infused like blood transfusion right into their veins and stuff and that supercharges them makes them like completely destructive and chaotic and like it breaks their minds they're just like insane now and uh like overcharged with the fell and that turns them into the crazy red-skinned fell orcs okay i just switched the i just switched the the slide here so we've got the fell orcs and then i'll jump back i'll jump back to uh the blade fist guy sure okay so all right let me just recap super quick because i was thinking about magtheridon uh so they first drank the demon blood which turned them from you know yellowy orange color to green and now they're like supercharged on demon blood and now they've just fully turned red exactly and what are they called these are called fell orcs is that right or yes because they're just like completely infused with fell magic Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so there's a couple cards up on the screen that are just examples of fell orcs in Hearthstone. So Bone Chewer mm-hmm. Vanguard is one, Dragon Moss Skystalker is one, uh, and they're a little bit hard to see, right. but essentially they're red-skinned orcs. Um, yeah, and those are um, so that there were different clans, like like I said, Gromish was the leader of the group called the Warsong Clan. Bone Chewer Clan is one. Uh, known to be cannibals. Um, the Dragon Ma were a clan that specialized in uh, taming uh, flying mounts. And so then uh, they, they were good at enslaving dragons and stuff. And that these and a whole bunch of other ones just kind of all got pushed into a conglomerate of one uh, crazy uh, fell orc clan that uh, was forced to serve the demons now. Okay, okay. 
so if we jump back, uh, I've got Cargath Blade Fist here, and we can see in the artwork like his before and after picture. So you can see like original orc, and then after he has been like fell supercharged. And so I know that the the primes like Cargath Prime when they turn him into like you know the. Uh, uh, like <laughs> the Terminator, and and they put all like all the yeah. mechanics on him. Like that's a little a little overboard. I think that's Hearthstone specific lore, right? But you can see here, yes. clearly. Gosh, he, he lost his second hand. How do you? Um, He's oh, got so- a chainsaw. He is Ash. <laughs> well, the question, the question is, how does he make his mac and cheese? You know, that's, that's <laughs> how does he, how does he with a chainsaw. <laughs> how does he get dressed? At, how does he put on those giant shoulder blades with no hands? I mean, <laughs> I never thought about that. He's he's uh, he's he's Edward Sword Hands. <laughs> how do you go to the restroom right now? Okay, these are the important questions we want to know. Uh, <laughs> you cannot zip up your fly like that. Yeah, accidents it's, it's all the day, okay? <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, but I, this is another one though where they really, they truly pulled the artwork from the game like onto the card, like it's it's like exact. I mean, it's so good. I really like it. Yeah. So Cargath specifically is um, he he was a gladiator who was forced to fight in the Ogre Empire. And uh, he founded a new class where he led a revolt where he cut off his own hand that was chained. That was the thing keeping him and just like bound a sword to it. And his other gladiators did the same. And that they started their own clan called the Shattered Hand, full of these really brutal things of uh, self-mutilation that they thought made them stronger. And they kind of like for basicus who loved pain and so yeah they, they would just like chop off their own limbs in order to replace them with more weapons which they thought made them more efficient and everything and then <laughs> then after they go super crazy on the fell stuff it's just like you know that they, they go even more over it <laughs> yeah he it's like uh like one punch man he went so crazy on this on the juice that all his hair fell out and he grew a horn too <laughs> yeah <laughs> Wow. Okay then. Uh all right. So let's see. Uh the next slide up I've got is Zixor. Uh Zixor Apex yes. Predator. And this one's for you, Mike, if you're watching. You could be here right now interested in this one. Right. But uh so unfortunately, Zixor uh as a character it's Hearthstone original and does not have any specific lore. However, uh, it's a perfect example of what I was talking about with the complete uh, corruption of the land. Because, uh, like I said, you know, we, we, we thought the fell was a bad environment before. Now it's just a bunch of floating rocks literally surrounded by a universe of the stuff. And all the plants and a lot of the animal life and everything gets uh, twisted because of it. So these are creatures that used to be called forest stalkers. And they were, you know, basically, you know, common reptilian predators that were pretty good at camouflage, uh, very effective hunters. But when they got exposed to all of this uh, fell evil magic penetrating, they became what are called warp stalkers. And these guys can literally phase 
in and out of reality. Uh, it's like the perfect camouflage and just like move around really fast. And they're really fast and aggressive hunters because of it. And that's what the uh, mechanics are representing, how it can uh, just like rush like the artist. It's pouncing right at you. And the prime ability is uh, the whole summon three copies is uh, demonstrating how it can like phase in and out of reality and attack you fast that it feels like they're ones at the same time. Oh, interesting. Okay. All right. Do they hunt in like pairs or anything too? Or are they solo? Um, I think they, they, it's possible they might hunt in packs. There's, I mean, it doesn't really matter to know that for certain, but it is entirely possible. I mean, so, but yeah, that's what Zizor is. He is basically a named character of a, a beast called the Warp Stalker, which are, uh, that found on Outland because of it. And you can see, like, Apex Predator, he's he's one of the best of those Predators, you know? Very like awesome. an alpha. Like an, like an alpha dog or something, right? What was that? Oh, sorry. I, I mean, so, so he's like the alpha dog of, of the of the pack, then, right? Can you hear me? Yeah, that sounds about right. Oh, I think... Uh, did we lose oh, I th- you? I th- I th- he oh, I saying, think my 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 Bluetooth my oh Bluetooth no. briefly went out. He's the uh, alpha alpha okay. dog of his pack. He's the alpha male. Yes, alpha dog. All right. Next up, we've got uh, the the Hearthstone cards. Anyhow, Shadow Jeweler, Hanar, Akama, and Greyheart Sage. So these look very much like the Drenai, but they're purple. So, uh, is this a like a corrupted race? Or, I mean, I guess you'll tell us. Are we having technical difficulties, real quick? Uh, here, let me. Pa- I'm going to pause the recording super quick. Um, okay, so we're back. We um, just jumped onto the next slide, which is uh, Shadow Jeweler, Hanar, Akama, and Greyheart Sage, which look very much like the Draenei, but they're like dark purple and. They've got green eyes, and so I assume that's some sort of, like, fell Drenai or something. Exactly. So, you, you guys know the type of thing, like, uh, often in sci-fi, where there's a place of radioactive waste, and it, like, mutates or spawns some sort of creature? Uh, that's basically what's going on right here, mm-hmm. where, uh, basically, the Drenai have magical radiation poisoning. And some of them, it affects them not so badly. Uh, some of them are relatively unscathed. Uh, Shadow Jula Hanar is an original Hearthstone character, but he reflects that. Uh, Drew and I, who are still living on Outlands, but are relatively okay in that sense. But others, like Akama and the Greyheart Sage that we have here, uh, become very deformed by it, and they become known as the Broken. And... Uh, Interestingly, is that it actually robs them of the ability to wield the light and holy magic. And so that's where some of them uh, start becoming, they turn to other forms like uh, uh, embracing the elements and shamanism. Uh, so that's where uh, why you can be a Drenai shaman in the game. That's the story behind that. Evil sp- we have got evil space goats. Uh, they are representing the rogue class uh, because... They are in a very dangerous world, and they have to be very good at being stealthy because everything on Outland is trying to kill them. 
Interesting. Okay. Okay. Uh, I know Akama's got a pretty big story that we're going to touch on, uh, or at least an impactful story. What about Shadow Jeweler Hanar? Is that a Hearthstone creation? Okay. Or? Um, just that. I think that my, I think that my earbuds are running out of battery. I'm gonna re- I'm gonna switch to my headphones for something more dependable. Perfect. Cool. Just All right. a sec. Uh, okay, so we're back. Um, so we were talking about these, uh, essentially, they're called the Broken, which are sort of like fell corrupted Draenei. Um, they're still purple, right. but now they've Not got... Not corrupted, this. yeah. Uh, so the picture here, is this um, is this Shadow Jeweler Hanar? Like, it looks awfully similar, but I don't really know. He's got the hood, though, so... Um, uh, no, uh, uh, Hanar is, uh, is a Hearthstone original character, but he's, uh, very representative of what, uh, some of these look like. And just a lot of them end up wearing the hoods. It becomes a part of their culture type of thing, uh, you know, trying to stay hidden. All the cards they're wearing the hood. So that makes sense. Um, yeah, I think when you were gone, uh, Hydra was asking this, at least this character here from WoW, has got these scars like all over his body. Is that a, a trait, spe- like a class specific thing, or is that is there any significance to that? Uh, j- just that it's a very hard life, and they've, they've been pretty beat up and everything. Uh, this one in the image in particular is a broken who's been uh, forced to uh, work as a slave for the Legion. So you know, maybe some whiplashes mm, or something. Yeah, interesting. Okay, okay. All right, cool. Um, all right, so let me move to the next one, which is Illidan. Illidan Stormrage. We could we could talk yeah. we could talk for hours just on this guy right here. So I'm not quite sure what. Yeah, I think we'll probably just touch the surface tonight. Oh yes, definitely. Uh, Illidan is a a whole story on its own, a very long story. Um, but all that you need to know for our purposes right now is that. Illidan is uh, someone who is dedicated to using the uh, powers of the demons in order to destroy the Burning Legion itself. He's a very strong advocate of the fight fire with fire, and he's like, I'll sacrifice everything if it means I'll destroy my enemies. He's extremely emo about it all. And... (laughs) um, Well, and if we can... (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we should do a, a separate episode maybe sometime, or maybe if if they get into a uh, book of heroes for him, which I don't know whether or not they will, but um, I think they will because I think they said there's going to be ten of them. They did, but they also, and I agree with you, and they said they were going to do one for each. But I almost wonder just because um, they did his basically his story in the in the intro prologue. Uh, they did the first story. part of his story. There's That's a lot true. of it left that they could pick up on. Can you do just a super big picture overview? I mean, essentially, he started out as a night elf, and then he yes. hooked up with the demons okay. in order to get their power, in order to fight the demons. Like Exactly. Um, but the rest of the night elves are just like, you, demons, we don't want anything to do with that. Uh, basically, Illidan has, is the ideology that the end justifies the means, and the other night elves are of the uh, belief that, you know, the beware those who slay monsters, you become a monster. Okay. Um, so, yeah, but in order to b- briefly summarize, and so basically, Illidan 
uh, needs a new base of operations. Did he, and, get, did he uh, get kicked out of wherever he was be- after? Yeah, he was exiled by the Night Elves. And also he kind of tricked and double-crossed uh, the demons. So he's looking for a place to hide from them. And so he figures that Outland will be a great place to set up operations. This reminds so- me... This reminds me of like Star Wars so much, right? Where he's he's now like <laughs> this this rebel, right? Because the night elves don't want him. The demons are trying to kill him. You know, meanwhile he is like sprouted horns, grown wings and burned his eyes out with fell magic and uh Yeah. Like talk about outcast, right? But yeah. but super powerful. Which is, he got from absorbing the magic of the skull of Gul'dan. Okay. Okay. So that's where that comes in. Because okay. Gul'dan was just so powerful with uh with warlock magic that when Illidan just absorbed all the magic from it, it went into his body and made him look like a demon. Crazy. All right. So how did and so, that's too much of a spoiler? Too much off track? Is it? This might be too off track. How did Gul'dan die? Gul'dan. Um. Okay. So. Is that, Basically, Gul'dan was <laughs> um, to put a very quick summary. Gul'dan abandoned the horde to uh, get power for himself, and uh, the leader of the Burning Legion didn't like that, Sargeras. And so, basically, Gul'dan was killed by demons when he was trying to steal and absorb some secret power for himself. Once yeah. again, being very selfish. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Like I said, like the most supremely selfish character in Warcraft that I'm aware of. And there are some. That is such an evil warlock thing to do. Like, yes. All right, that's funny. Okay. Um, uh, but anyway, back to why Illidan is here. So Illidan um, sets to conquer uh, Outland and make it his base of operations. And he's basically got, I mean, you're talking about like Star Rebellion. He's got his own like whole team of outcasts with him, uh, which we have on the next slide right here. Okay. So I've got Lady Vosh, the lurker below Kelthas, Sunstrider and Alar. Yes. So Lady Vosh is leader of a group of Naga. Now, Naga have their own elaborate backstory, but essentially they, uh, they used to be night elves who got uh, corrupted and transformed by the old god Nazoth. And uh, these particular ones are going to help Illidan because the old gods are all about causing the chaos and everything. They're like, this Illidan guy, he's causing a lot of trouble. He's causing a lot of fighting. Why don't we send some people to help him out? Uh, and so uh, Lady Vash and the Naga are uh, helping him out a bit. And then Keltha Sunstrider is the leader of the Blood Elves. And they, they've been through a lot. They just had their entire magical uh, source of their life force completely destroyed by uh, Arthas, uh, the Death Knight in order to uh, resurrect Kalthuzad as a lich, which is its own story. But uh, basically, they're doing really bad, and they're dealing with some uh, magic addiction problems. Mm. And, 
No, no, literally, like the the their bodies lore, require lore. magic sustenance, or they live, or they wither away and die. And well, that's stuff. what we're I, going insane. I just played like when you play him, he says magic. My people are addicted to it, right? Exactly. Like that. Is that mm-hmm. why Alaneth, when it draws, goes more, more? Yeah, uh, yeah. Ma- magic can be something very addicting in Warcraft if it's not used properly. I was doing a little bit of preliminary research just for, like for the show. The Lurker Below is, is a raid boss, it looks like. Uh, mm-hmm. And, yes. Uh, uh, so it was essentially uh, one of Lady Vash's uh, guardians in this uh, raid that uh, she was in called the Serpent Shrine Caverns. Uh, so basically, you might say he's he's one of her bodyguards in a sense. And Alar, of course, is Kalthas's personal phoenix. Uh, which is uh, something that uh, the Blood Elves have as their symbol, um, and you know he's uh, he's a fire mage in particular. Like say in the uh, if you play the Jaina Book of Heroes, you're fighting him. He's like you know fire is what calls to me as a mage, and that so that that's kind of his whole thing there. Right. No, it's interesting. Also, I mean, we can talk about it some other time, but it's interesting to see um, Jaina's. Um transition from ice magic to fire magic that was pretty cool so, yeah all right so sh- shall i move along to the next one so es- essentially just to yes. to, re- to recap um illidan now is on the run because everybody's out to get him he goes to outland because this is kind of the um like hub if you will of all the different portals right where the demons are here and right. the draenei are here and the shadow like everybody's this is a good place for him to kind of hide out and then he decides he's going to take it over and so he gets his homies to back him up essentially mm-hmm. yes he assembles his avengers right. and uh <laughs> they and they also recruit akama and his broken uh because the demons have taken over this place called the Temple of Karabor, which was a sacred site for the Draenei. And uh, uh, Akama is really hoping that Illidan will help him get it back. And so uh, they all team up. Illidan, Kelthos, Lady Vash, Akama, united together. All very powerful magic users. And then the, the picture that we have here of them going against Magtheridon. The demon doesn't stand a chance here. Like, he's really powerful. But, like, all four of these powerhouses together just completely clobber him. But the thing is that Illidan doesn't kill him. What he does is because he sees the foul orcs, and he's like, you know, those are some really powerful soldiers there, and I could use some new recruits into my army to fight the demons, so... I'll make more fell orcs because they're mindlessly obedient to whoever gives them the blood. <laughs> and so what he does is he imprisons Magtheridon in this place called Hellfire Citadel and basically just uses him as a constant refueling of a blood bank oh my God. in order to keep <laughs> so he can keep making more fell orcs. Wow. So Illidan is not a nice guy. So he's like bloodletting Magtheridon to fuel his army. Yes. Wow. Yes. I this would like make, I said, he's emo. The, <laughs> Very emo. It would make such a good movie though, like assembling these characters, right? And uh fighting these giant oh man. 
or an animated well, I series. I wish that more people liked the Warcraft movie and they make lots and lots of sequels. Actually, I heard in the news this week that they um, uh, are su- supposedly a- another Warcraft movie in development. I read that uh, yesterday or today. I'll have to I'll have to find the article, but um, that would be cool. Uh, hey, we have a yeah. question in chat from Lou Rolfs. Uh, can we ask Goliath, would you have played WoW uh, since the beginning of time to understand all this, or is it possible to get this from the books? Okay, so um, here's the thing. I've actually only been playing WoW for the past four years. Um, I know all of this stuff because of the books, uh, especially the Chronicle ones. Um, Also some friends I talked to who know all this uh, stuff, and just playing the game and looking at stuff. Um, a lot of these things, like a lot of the backstory stuff, is stuff that was introduced later on. So it's not like the earliest time. Because actually, when the game first started, they didn't have very much story into it. They were more focused on it being game, and gradually they put more and more story elements into the game itself. Um, but yeah, so all this stuff that I know, I learned uh, from re- reading the books. If you just get the Chronicle books, or I also recommend looking on the Wowpedia website. I also get a lot of my information from there for my research. Um, those two sources combined. Uh, and then if you're interested in playing the game, of course, uh, to actually experience some of the stuff, you should be able to, if you have the love, enough interest to keep you going, be able to know just as much as I do about all this. And if it's, you've just not, played, it's just a time commitment. If you've not played Warcraft 3, I highly suggest playing Warcraft 3. Yes. Because- there is so much story condensed in the Warcraft 3 game. Uh, I know about it secondhand from reading stuff. I've yet to actually play it. But you can actually probably speed along and learn things quicker than I did if you actually played the Warcraft 3 game. <laughs> Yeah. Um, if you're interested in learning the Warcraft three stuff without playing it, uh, it's like next up on my list to do like a YouTube series on and just do like one, one episode per, you know, they break, they break their, um, missions down into kind of bite-sized pieces and I'll just do a separate episode per permission. Oh, nice. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it might be fun, might be, might be boring, but, uh, I'll do it for sure. I, 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 um, I have the the re-released version. The graphics are really good. I have no idea what everyone was complaining about because uh, it looks <laughs> it looks awesome to me. It's probably the online play. It was the online play people. Oh, were I could yeah. care less about that. So um, same actually. Okay, so all right, so let's move on to the next one here. Uh, I have mm-hmm. Keladan the the Breaker. Right now, this is the Fell Orc that Illidan put in charge of being MacTheridan's jailer. So this is the guy who makes sure that the demon doesn't break out, you know, his magical chains maintain intact, um, and is in charge of, you know, making sure the blood keeps flowing. Uh, and he was basically, they, they needed the most brutal, uh, crazy orc they could to be able to handle this job, and he met all of the job qualifications. <laughs> Nice. Okay. I wonder uh, how that job interview went. And then we have to do it as you know. It's pre-COVID, right? Opposite of everything I had to say in my job interview last week. <laughs> Tell me all of the bad things about you. I don't want to know anything good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How did you get fired exactly. from your last job? <laughs> you killed people. I hope. 
I hope it was because you killed all of your coworkers because we, we, we need that level of brutality and dedication for this job here. Oh my God. That's awesome. I, this is another one where the art, it matches, um, the, uh, the card in the, the, the card art matches the game pretty well with the giant shoulder pads included. Yes. Um, oh yeah. Arm about says, the, uh, the, the, do you guys remember the Ben Brode Lich King job interview? Those were so yes. funny. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, this is the best. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. So this is uh, MacTheridon's Jailer. Okay. Yeah. All right. And then we've got Cain's uh, Sun Fury. Now, right. let me ask you the, there's definitely, like, I see, um, uh, I see, like, a big shift in the art, um, at least the in game graphics here from, like, uh, Keladan to Kane Sun Fury. So, is this a different expansion, or did they just do a big yes. update, or what? I was gonna say like something so, clearly is different here. So, yeah. So the Keladan is back from the Burning Crusade. We're talking about the very first expansion to the game okay. um, over a decade ago. You you, you know how fast uh, tech, uh, computer technology improves these days and everything. So every expansion or so right now, they have some major graphical updates in order to fix some of the stuff or give things new models or new textures. Um, But some of the older content, not really at the top of the priority list. Uh, So so Sun Fury here is actually a character that is... uh, we were seeing his model from the Legion expansion, which is only uh, two year, two four years old, depending on if you're talking about when it started okay. or when it ended. So a lot, a lot higher graphical technology, and in order to keep that up, then so yeah, that that that's the difference. They did a great job t- translating this one. Like he he looks perfect, like straight out of the card, mm-hmm. uh, and giant like warglaves included. <laughs> um, I mean, you can see there is beautifully in practical weapons. <laughs> oh yes, yes, I'm sure. Um, hey, quick, quick question. Uh, someone in the chat is asking, what order do you read the books in? Do you know? Um. Okay. Are if you're asking about chronicles, read re- read in the order, volume one through volume three. They'll give you a sense of a, a good overview of the history. Again, the type of stuff that I'm talking about generally you want more of the big picture, what happened when, who was involved. Um, if you're talking about the novels, those are a bit trickier. Um, and honestly, I wouldn't even recommend reading all of them because the, they're written by different authors and some of them have different writing styles. Uh, that would appeal to different people more than others. Um, and s- some of them, like for me, I would consider them to not even be very well written. But I would like, recommend... Uh, oh, what? I was just going to say or- Orc Romance Novel. Very cool. Fabio <laughs> <laughs> um, on the cover. <laughs> Job's done. So... Um, <laughs> I'd recommend a couple of key ones, maybe mainly ones written by um, Christy Golden. Uh, she's a really good author. Um, I'd recommend probably uh, if you wanted to get started with them, probably the first one uh, that would be good for you to read is the Arthas uh, novelization by Christy Golden. It goes through his entire life uh, and like how he became the Lich King. It's a really good setup. Uh, there, there, there's some other good ones. 
but uh, I, I can't remember all of the titles to be able to give a list in yeah, order can, off the top of my head. Of we can things. take this. Discussion. I can provide that another time. Yeah, we can take this discussion. I think onto the um, onto the Discord and chat about it. Yeah, I, I'd be happy. I can do more research and do this for the Discord later on. Um, here's I do have a list of the books in order that I'll post here and in the Discord too. That but I'll um, it, that, that that would probably uh, be a good starting point. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll, yeah, well, there we go. Uh, all right, so where were we? Oh, Kane, so who is Kane Sunfury anyways? Aside Kane from, Sun clearly he's is a, um, a demon, demon hunter. hunter, right? Right. So he's, he's uh, so demon hunters mainly come from two things. There are night elves like Illidan uh, who lost a lot and basically like, you know, he he got kicked out, but maybe maybe he was onto something. Like people who you know have lost everything. Like demons came and killed their families, and they're just consumed with vengeance. And they're like Illidan, where they're willing to sacrifice everything, including having their eyes gouged out and being forced to consume a demon's hearts and having it constantly whisper in their ears and try to fully corrupt them. And it, basically, being a demon hunter is a very disturbing and uncomfortable experience. So what could go uh, wrong? <laughs> yes. Yes. If you want to know more about this, there's actually a, uh, a, a book uh, called Illidan by William King. That is uh, all about this, uh, this part right here. So basically Illidan formed the demon hunters. Oh, and the, the others were blood elves. Uh, like I said, uh, like people came along with Kael'thas and some of them got recruited as well. But they're basically warriors created in Illidan's own image that are his super secret task force. Like, he is ridiculously paranoid about this stuff because he never knows who could be a spy for the demons, and this is a secret weapon to use against them. So, like, no one knows. Either they don't know that these demon hunters exist, or they just don't know what they're for, and just, like, think, you know, weird stuff's going on. And so, um, basically, that that's the whole thing. Illidan's dedicating a lot of time to training them in secret. Part of the problem here is that he's so dedicated to the secrecy that he's alienating a lot of his allies. Um, Kael'thas actually uh, just full-on joins with the demons, because uh, he's like, Illidan isn't giving me what I need here. Uh, the demons can provide some sort of magic to fuel me, even if it's spell magic. Um, and other things like Illidan's so focused on his project that he, he's, he's losing a couple of the other people Mm. right here. Interesting. Okay. Okay. And, uh, then the, that leaves an opening for, because one of those people is Akama. Remember I said Akama allied with Illidan because it would help him to reclaim this sacred place, this temple that uh, the demons had taken over. Mm-hmm. Well, Illidan did do that, but he also just kind of turned it into his own personal headquarters and didn't give it back to Akama. And he's like, I'll, I'll get around to it, you know, soon. It, it'll happen soon. And Akama just comes to the conclusion that he's never going to do it and he's just as bad as the demons. And so he wants to uh, find a way to get rid of Illidan. And so that's when Maiev Shadow Song comes into the picture here. Yeah. She was his jailer. 
remember the whole, you know, like, I was uh, bound for 10,000 years and all all that stuff that he likes to run about. (laughs) My aunt was the one who was watching over him as his jailer for that 10,000 years. And she's a little obsessed um, with catching him and putting him back in prison again. And by a little, Um, you mean a lot? (laughs) yes a lot like full-on obsessed uh like nothing else matters it's just it's just the hunting illidan is her only goal in life uh some people theorize that like it's it's almost to the point where she might have repressed romantic attractions to him but <laughs> it's just like it's just all mixed up together with this ridiculous obsession you know um and kind of about uh, about Maiev, now that I think about it, and Illidan, is when um, Maiev first came out, that's when uh, we had Questro. Like, at the at the very, very beginning. And I didn't know that there was a connection between Maiev and Illidan, but I had the legendary Illidan card in my Questro, like, just for fun, because <laughs> I had a golden Illidan, right? And so every time oh, you play nice. the spell... Instead of the little flame guy that you got, I was getting the five fives. And oh, so, nice. yeah, yeah. okay, very nice tech work, yeah. Yeah, well, I just did it because I had golden Illidan, and I'm like, let's get some free five fives out of Illidan. And, now it's golden and I was doing this, and it, this is meta, like, I didn't even know that Maya and Illidan had a connection whatsoever, but yeah, she did love him. And I didn't know it, but I put them together anyway. It was it was meant to be. And it's another good flavor card, too. I mean, like the dormant for two turns. I mean, obviously, you can't go dormant for a thousand years or ten thousand years or whatever it was. But it's still like that's a good that's a good flavor that they made with the card as well. Exactly. Yeah, again, excellent. And she, she's the leader of a group of uh, Night Elves called the Wardens who are all about... Uh, they actually have their own vault where they imprison like the greatest threats of Azeroth. It was a dungeon in the Legion expansion. Uh, it's basically kind of like a, they, they run a high security prison. <laughs> and so it, it, it's, it's very much their thing about imprisoning uh, demons and whatever else they consider to be too dangerous. Okay, but uh, yeah, so so she's literally chased Illidan to another world, <laughs> and um, then Akama tries to ally with her, um, and because he's yeah, he wants to betray Illidan because he thinks Illidan's you know he, just as bad as Magtheridan. Um but something goes wrong because. Illidan kind of finds out, Whoops. and this is where uh, Akama Prime comes in, which is on the next slide. All right. Yeah, here we go. Here we go. I couldn't find any in-game, but uh, here we go. Uh, that I think that picture looks about right. Mm-hmm. So basically, what Illidan did was he ripped out a part of Akama's soul uh, called the Shade of Akama, which is basically the incarnation, his darker side, you know, his, uh, you know, greed and lust and all that stuff. And Illidan controls this. And he can basically, if he commands it, use it to, like, destroy Akama, like like a sick 
stick his sh- shade on him, and it would like eat him from the inside out or something. And it would also destroy Akama's entire tribe. And so it's basically literal blackmail. Um, <laughs> and Akama is forced to betray Maya, which is why uh, you saw that image of uh, her behind bars. Oh, uh, that's interesting. I'm going to go back a slide. I thought that was... I thought that was him behind bars and her reaching in. That's so interesting. No, he was he was forced to uh, to trick her uh, by Illidan, and then oh. she ended up getting locked up. I saw that backwards as well. Hmm. Cool. But yeah, that's that that that's and and I love this is another amazing flavor stealth for the prime because like he's he's literally a shadow. He's a living shadow of soul here. Interesting. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, and yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. This is another one where, like, if you look at the artwork here from from like the lore books, like down to the details on the shoulder pads with the skull and the spikes, like it is straight up on the card right there. It's so cool. And the glowing blue eyes, like they did such a good job. Uh, yeah. And like the folks in chat are realizing, like. Blizzard does such a good job with the flavor on these, and like your average player would have no idea, just no clue. And, and clearly, like they put That's a lot. What of I'm here for, right? Love it, <laughs> love it. Okay, all right. So let me move to the next one. Yeah, this is mm-hmm. a, a battle here. Yeah, so don't worry, guys. We're 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 getting near the end here. Uh, I know it's it's been uh, well. Heck, we've we've been doing this for two hours, 40 minutes at this point. But don't worry. We, uh, this won't be a 10 hour one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, the, I, I still think it's amazing that you guys did for 10 hours straight. That, about those that, that, that was a, I'm not going to say it was a mistake cause we had a great time, but like my <laughs> goodness, I, that, that was something that, uh, well, it'll, it'll go down. That's one for the books for sure. Yep. Anyways. Yeah. Uh so what is but this anyway, what is this war here? So remember like I said before that Illidan was so secretive that he was starting to alienate his ally thing. Um basically, you know, he was causing a lot of trouble for the Burning Legion here. Like he was he was starting to score some serious victories against them, like creating portals and invading their worlds and uh, stealing important knowledge and completely destroying them in some cases. And uh, basically they thought, okay, so he's too hard for us to be able to handle ourselves, but what if we got the people that he's alienated to destroy him for us. So basically what the demons did was they staged an invasion. Like they pretended they were following Azeroth, but it was really just to lure the Alliance and Horde in there. And uh, because Illidan was doing so many shady things, you know, the... uh, He's got the making the fell orcs there. He literally has demons that are recruited into his ranks. He's, you know, infusing with fell magic. He's doing a lot of stuff that people rightly assume is evil. They don't know that he's trying to destroy the Legion. They think that he's working with the Burning Legion. And so they decide to attack him because they think they are doing something good. Uh, But really, they have just been tricked by the demons into 
uh, fighting what uh, the the one person who is the closest to destroying the legion permanently. Um, but at any rate, that that's what's going on. The invasion of Outland uh, through the dark portal, and that's what you see in the image. On one side, you see all the demon armies that are kind of uh, either a part of Illidan's forces or the ones who are just kind of pretending to be in order to lure them here. And then on the other side, you see the armies of the Alliance and Horde coming through ready to fight. Oh, interesting. Okay, yeah, I wasn't sure because the colors are a little bit... Um, uh... You know, it looks like kind of a yellowish green on one side and the red on the other side. And so, it yeah, like, it's a bit of a hazy style of art. Okay. And so at this at this point, like the land of Drenor went from this like nice place to like this fully thrashed place, right? Because of all the different portals and demons and fell magic and uh exactly it's, it's like completely wrecked right now there's one somewhat nice place still called in the grand and that's where the still live and a couple uh orc tribes and everything that managed to avoid getting corrupted uh uh, but aside from that one little area, yeah, it's pretty much various different flavors of completely messed up places. <laughs> <laughs> like you got you got some areas that are like dark forest. You got that this area that you're seeing right here is called Hellfire Peninsula. It's like you know completely barren. Um, you got some area an area called Stone Talon Mountains, full of like really spiky mountains. Uh, this one area called the, the called the Nether area. Um, which is the, the nether storm. Uh, that's it, which is basically like cons- partially consumed by like the fell and the void and all that stuff, which incidentally is where boom labs is set. That's where Dr. Boom has his laboratory in that expansion. Um, but yeah, and that, that, that's what outland is right now. Uh, a bunch of different flavors of messed up places. <laughs> that's funny. Okay. Uh, so yeah, no. Someone pointed out uh, ne- the Nagran slam. Uh- <laughs> yes, exactly. And I love when there's a fun pun in the Hearthstone That's cards. Great. That's great. That's great. Uh, okay, so there's this big battle here. What is the outcome of that? Is that something that we're gonna look at? That's something that 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 takes well. It takes an entire expansion for all this to happen. So that's what the next the next several cards we're going to go through a bit of that here. Okay, so next up I've got Lady Liadrin. Right. So Lady Liadrin is a member of uh, uh, some uh, armies of the Horde. The Blood Elves have just recently been brought into the Horde. And they're out wondering, because, you know, Kelthos went off on this big expedition, and he said, "I'm go- okay, I know you guys are starving for magic, and I'm going to get you some magic. Uh, just wait right here. I'll be right back. And uh, he, he hasn't come back, so they're wondering what's going on. And so they're sending their expedition in there, and uh, Lady, Le- Lady Leadrin is... Uh, Blood Elf Paladin, a member of the Blood Knights is what the order is called. And uh, so she is a very prominent character in uh, the Burning Crusade expansion. Um, if Again, this is one of those things where if I were to get too much in the backstories and the specifics to explain much, we'd be here for another hour. Um, 
And so I'm afraid we're, we're, you're just going to have to be satisfied with uh, the basics that she is basically one of the leaders of the assault on Illidan and on Kalfas, and they realize how corrupted they've become. Okay. And uh, she's also becomes uh, dedicated to uh, serving the Naru as well when they uh, the meet up. Remember the, those uh, those holy light beings that were uh, with the Drenai? Mm-hmm. Actually, if like little like like the card hand of a Dal, that uh, that uh, crystal like uh, creature that a Dal is uh, Naru. So that that's an example of what they look like if you're familiar with that card. Maybe I should have uh, had you put that in here, but I didn't think of it. Okay. Okay. Uh, all right. Let's see. Here's the next one up is uh, Yasiel Winsinger. Right. Pro- probably so mispronouncing she... the name, but. <clears throat> That's as close as I know, actually. Like I said, I, I know a lot of these names, but some, some of them I still have some trouble with. Um, anyway, she is, obviously, by her class, you can tell she's uh, a druid, a druid card. Um, the, the, she is the leader of a group of druids uh, called the Scenarian Expedition, because you guys know Scenarius, right? Yeah. Uh, and so yeah he's basically um you know uh taught the the night elves and toron uh, druidism and the scenarian circle is basically kind of this a uh, faction neutral uh group of druids that all work together to help preserve the world and stuff and so there's they send an expedition to help with the assault on draenor and maybe to you know, get some life growing back there again. And uh, she's the leader of that, particularly um, in the region known as Zangramarsh, which is where the other druid legendary is from Outland with that arch spore. So they're, they're, they have that connection of being in the same general zone there of Zangramarsh. Okay. So I, I think that's cool for... Uh, what they did for the having the two legendaries for the set where they generally found a way to have them linked together uh, at the very least by a general zone of some sort. Very cool. All right. Uh, Shall I move on to the next one? Yeah, actually I had a quick question. Um, So what's the significance to this, to the flavor on this card? Is there is, or is there any significance this is a bit a more of uh, an effect that's not quite so flavor matching. I mean, unless you just say that she she's a powerful druid and it's easier for her to cast spells. Um, but th- there's nothing. Su- it's a more general type of effect, so it's not really matching anything very specific that's unique to her character. Okay. Okay. Good question. Uh, next one up, I've got Astromancer Solarian. Right. So Astromancer Solarian is one of the bosses who is working with Kelthas and Strider after he's been like completely corrupted and thrown in with the demon. And um, is part of this raid called Tempest Keep, uh, where you know the players you're, you're assaulting, trying to you know, uh, drive them out, uh, take them out. And now the character itself doesn't really have any lore. We honestly know pretty much nothing about her uh, because, as I said, back in the earlier days of the game, they didn't really have very much story in it. 
and no so no backstory was provided for this particular boss in the game at that point and they haven't had reason to go back and give her one so far uh so i can't tell you anything about it as a character but I can tell you that the flavor of this card and the art is amazingly spot on because one of her key mechanics in the game is that she uh, becomes, as you can see in the picture, this uh, th- this giant void walker looking type of being where she basically like absorbs so much magic she becomes one with the void or something. Why and- do you call? Yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly. And uh, so then her... Her prime image just perfectly captures that, and with her her powerful magic. So not much that I can say from a story point, but I wanted to point out just how amazing a match this is, and uh, explaining exactly where she does fit in. Technically, it is a character; she just doesn't have any story. Yeah, yeah, no, no, that's cool though, and I I love these. I get such a kick out of it when the. Um when the art in the game matches the art on the cards, like it's just, it, it's, uh, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yes. One of the things I get so excited about season for a new expansion is, uh, like, you know, wondering, Ooh, what's, is, are there going to be any, you know, characters that I really like, or it's, it's funny when like, I, I, I recognize character and people, uh, like who? And I'm like, no, 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 they're, 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 no, they're, 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 there's really cool backstory and and everything. And this is this is a good raid boss and stuff. And like I say, you know, it's it's it, it requires that that bridge knowledge because you know they, there's a bunch of people who play the Warcraft who don't play a Hearthstone and who you know probably couldn't care less that there's this amazing match of mechanics and lore. But I, I, I happen to be the one who walks the both paths. <laughs> <laughs> the card is actually a pretty good card, right? Yeah, one like, that's on my two craft list. Awesome, just to jam in uh, like a Reno uh, mage deck. Like it's just it's just cool, right? Yeah, it's got value and it's got a mini yog like built into the second half. <laughs> yeah, but it's like a good yog. I mean, this yeah. is this is a, new, uh, <laughs> a yog that says it doesn't attack itself. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> it says it on the text, like. Yeah, I'm not going to shadow word death myself. <laughs> this was yes. a new. I mean, this was a new mechanic for them, right? It casts five random spells that target enemies, if possible. Yes. So that's interesting. You know, I mean, granted, as long as it's not like buffing enemies, you know, but mage spells. Yeah, it's not that's true. If that's you true. somehow got this as like a thief priest oh, yeah, or mage, something, right. then maybe you would worry. <laughs> I didn't, yeah, they are mage spells, so mage. Yeah, I should okay. play with card more. I know, right? I just crafted Actually, it in gold. It's ever, awesome. Like I have it. I haven't even played it. I don't think. You but could, I think you could probably jam her in just about anything. Like, I mean, not that you should, but like, it's just a really good <laughs> card. Why not? I like playing cards. Like I don't need to have the most like top meta deck. I sometimes I just want to have fun. Preach, brother. And that card, card card, right? Like it's fun. Oh wait, so when it casts those spells, do those count towards Yog points? Because you didn't cast the spell, the card casts the spell. I don't think they do. I don't think so. But yeah, interesting. That's a shame, but it could go, oh, man, Casino Mage, right? Any mage? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So honestly, something that I think would be amazing, uh, either as just something that people in the community did or something that if it would be possible to make a game mode, I don't know, but would be like building decks not around uh, attempting to, you know, get the, the best meta combinations, but building decks with like telling a story with what characters and spells you chose to put into your deck there. Uh, I don't know. I think it'd be fun if you get enough people to do it where they just built decks to tell the stories and then just for fun saw which one happened to win. <laughs> yeah. We probably still need a few more of the hero portraits becoming actual cards too, right? That's a fair point. Yeah. Or even just like, you know, oh, I'm going to make a deck where it's just minions that are elves or just minions that are dwarves or something like that, you know, it could, it could be an interesting challenge, but you know, uh, I, I have trouble finding people who would find that to be something that they'd want to do <laughs> <laughs> for understandable reasons. Right. Um, anyway, so after a huge campaign in Outland with, the, you know, just a uh, bunch of different raids, bunch of different assaults, whittling away Illidan's forces, fighting and defeating Lady Bosch and the Lurker Below and Zangramarsh, defeating Kel'thas, um, and managing to uh, ally to free Maiev and uh, ally with Akama again. Um, they uh, prepare for a full-on assault on Illidan's stronghold in the Black Temple. And that's where the, the last bit of our, uh, the last couple cards, we are almost at the end, guys. Uh, our last couple of cards here are about uh, bosses and loot from the final Black Temple raid uh, fighting against Illidan. So what's the next one that so we have next here? Next up I have is the Demon uh, Supreme Abyssal. It's an 8-mana 12-12. Right. So this is an interesting case where this is a common card, but it's actually based on a raid boss uh, called Supremus. Um, and that this is basically this huge giant uh, that is, uh, you know, you can like, it, like steps on you and everything as, uh, as boss mechanics. Uh, pre- uh, pretty challenging unless you know what you're doing. Um, and if you do know what you're doing, you know, so, so there's acts for people who would say it was easy. Um <laughs> because they're really good at the game hmm. but uh anyway so yeah he's basically you know like i said illidan he had demons that absorbed into his ranks because they just respected power and they're like okay you were clearly able to take out the mactheridan guy so you're more powerful uh sure we'll work for you why not um so so supremacy is one of those uh is actually a sort of a demon construct who is created by demons by uh, infusing, uh, connecting like powerful stones together with uh, magic, and if when you beat him up enough, the magic just kind of dissipates. It's just a bunch of rocks that fall down because <laughs> that, that's all that's left of him. But yeah, I find that's interesting. You know, it's the um, like they 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 clearly wanted to put him in, but they'd already used up all their legendary slots. They just found a way to kind of put him in as a common and just not give him a name just, just give him something more general of a title 8 mana 12 12 is is uh, pretty beefy <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah. see it reflects how big he is I mean it reflects his giant nature right Yeah, um, that's interesting okay 
Hmm. And now we, we come to one of my favorites with the Reliquary of Souls. How do you guys like this card? I think uh, it's, it's surprisingly good, actually. Like, it's very annoying to deal with. <laughs> um, it was interesting here, and I didn't realize this. I mean, you can see it in the card art now. I didn't realize until I was doing the homework on it. But this it reminds me of the character from Marvel Comics. Uh, I don't remember the name anymore. But the, was it the Try Try? Uh, I'll think about it. But essentially, it's got the three faces on it, right? And it rotates. Yes. And now that I see the faces from the game, um, you can see it on the card art, but like I wouldn't have known until I saw that. So you, you only get two of the three parts here. Uh, the card itself is um, it's pretty good, actually. Hint to the future. They're going to add a third level to the primes. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the yeah. I figured it might have worked in knowing that it has three. I'm surprised it didn't do it where that like, um, like Pyros where Pyros is yeah. three. Yeah. Like why that would have been cool. Two? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So remember, uh, the soul mirror that I talked about an hour or so ago, um, <laughs> about the, uh, about the, the Arkhandun, the place where there were all the Drenai souls that were attracted to. So basically, see, the thing is that magical portals that tear fat holes in fabric of reality to demon infested worlds take a lot of energy. And Illidan needed a constant source of energy in order to fuel those portals for his expeditions and raids. So he kind of raided the. Uh, sacred city of the dead of the Drenai and stole all their souls and killed a bunch of Drenai there and took their souls as well. And the Reliquary of Souls is basically like this huge storage battery of souls for him to use to power all of his portals. Oh, interesting. Yep, yep, that's that's why they're... Uh, the the essence of of sorrow, the essence of desire, and the essence because they're really sad, they're really angry and suffering, and they really desire to get out of this reliquary. I can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, that's actually okay. Um, is there anything having to do? So I know this card has life steal in in Hearthstone. Is there any sort mm-hmm. of like flavor with that? Does it? You know, yes. Uh, some of the, these things uh, reflect some of the different mechanics from the different phases of the fight. So it would be like first you fight the sorrow phase, and you could uh, do things that would help that would weaken you. Um, and then you uh, then it switches to the desire phase, and it switches to the anger phase. And I'm a little rusty. I did writes in uh, a lore guide talking about how well each of the primes matches the uh, flavor. And I think I gave this, I can't remember specifically what I uh, researched and wrote, uh, but you, you can check it out in out of cards if you're interested. Yeah, we'll I think I gave it. it a relatively high mark um, that with the, that the different things matched some certain mechanics of the fight really well about like the particular type of struggle things that you had to fight against or the spells that it would cast on you to damage you.
Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll link to the article in the in the show notes and also in the Twitch chat. Sure. Okay, so next up, we've got the Bulwark of Azanoth, uh, one, right. of the, one of the legendary weapons. Mm-hmm. So this is interesting because um, this is actually a loot drop uh, from Illidan as the final boss. Uh, oh, so, you know, you, you, yeah, you, you get there's a chance for you know people want really good gear uh, for you know they, they grind a raid, try you know uh, we gotta gotta get to fight Illidan each week. Maybe he'll finally drop that thing that I've been wanting for months or whatever. You know the way that raids often work out. Uh, yeah, it's why I love. It's why I love the flavor text for Reliquary of Souls, where it says, "You know, sorrow, desire, and anger." Basically, your raid night. <laughs> um, <laughs> and like the loot is a part of that. But the bulwark of Azathoth is so. Azathoth is this demon that Illidan fought way back when the Burning Legion made its first invasion called the War of the Ancients uh, 10,000 years ago. And uh, so he basically took the uh, demon's stuff as his own after he, uh, after he beat him, that, which is something that you can do in the uh, Hearthstone for the Illidan storyline, the uh, Unlocking the Demon Hunter. Uh, that's one of the first fights that you have where you're fighting against Azathoth. And the bulwark is basically his chest plate. Um, but it's like he's so big that you can use it as a shield when you're a normal sized mortal. Oh, I see. That's pretty good. That's pretty funny. And it, 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 it was uh, known to be a very good for, uh, for tank warriors. It was a very good shield stats wise, apparently. So it's legendary in that sense that it was something that a lot of people wanted and a lot of people knew about. Hence the text of only taking, like, you, you don't take damage, just the one durability goes away because it's so mm-hmm. big and strong. Exactly. That's well, and really- you, don't, you don't get the, the full picture of it, like, from the Hearthstone card. Like, you, you see this big shield, but, like, in the picture from WoW, you see a Tauren warrior, which are huge, right? And, the, sh- and the shield, like, takes up his entire body. Mm-hmm. Um, so and this was this was the breastplate on the demon. Gives <laughs> the idea of how big he was. That's hilarious. So if you were like this is a, a tauren here, but if you were like a human and had this, like it'd be bigger than you, right? <laughs> yes and no, uh, because Warcraft gear will scale to your character. Oh. So I can't so tell you exactly what the cannon size is, <laughs> but so. Whatever your character is, you'll be able to have it you know, roughly the same proportion. But it still is, you know, something as nearly as big as you are. And that was just on the guy's chest. That, that's still pretty impressive when you think about it. Yeah. It'd be really funny if you were a dwarf and you had to, like, drag it around. <laughs> <laughs> I am a dwarf. <laughs> but but every time you needed to block, it was like... Bam! And then you drop it on the ground again. Yeah. <laughs> Man, would work out. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. All right. The next one up. Then, uh, yeah. Then here is the Warglaves of Azanov. Right. And those are from the same demon. Illidan took those, uh, those weapons from. And they are his primary weapons that you see in all of the images of him. 
um, that he he's uh, fight, fighting with, and he uses them in the raid fight. And they were also one loot that could drop. That uh, because remember, this is way before Demon Hunter was a class that you could play. But you know there there were a couple Demon Hunters in the game. Uh, and so sometimes people would want to be able to role play as one. Uh, so, you know, they just make a night elf character of a different class and they really hope that those warglaves drop so that they, they can pretend to be Illidan. <laughs> they look super cool. They have like kind of lightning on them and, and, uh, yeah. and they're also huge. So yes, uh, clearly, clearly a very practical weapon. <clears throat> Who's the character in the picture there? There's a bald guy with the, the little chin thing going on. That's not Illidan, right? Uh, no, I mean, I when I did the research just for the picture, I found a lot of different uh, pictures of different characters in WoW holding these. So, I mean, if I had to guess, and I'd let Goliath say, but I think that it's just... Like this is a loot drop, and so this is probably people's just custom characters carrying these. Oh, just random. Yeah. Okay, I gotcha. I gotcha. Okay. I'm gonna say something super nerdy here. It looks like the Klingon weapon, uh, the Batleth, I believe. Yeah, is it totally called. does. Yeah. Maybe that was some inspiration. Who knows? Yeah. Nerds watch other nerd stuff and make nerdy things. So who's to say that the people who designed this didn't watch Star Trek? I don't know much about Star Trek myself, but maybe they did. <laughs> Uh, things are always borrowed ideas are always borrowed from across the nerdiverse um (laughs) but anyway yeah so and then i think we just have two cards left to talk about then yeah hold on sorry wait i want to let's see here that's all right yeah pull up a batleth is that what you're doing i am i am yeah um yeah great mark There you go. <laughs> right? Uh it 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 looks pretty similar. I mean <laughs> <laughs> It's they, except they're holding them different ways, right? But yeah, that's <laughs> it's basically uh it looks looks pretty similar. Okay. All right, enough of that. Uh, <laughs> okay, so yeah, we're gosh, we're almost to the end of this. So uh, mm-hmm. This is Canrathad Ebonlock, uh, the human form, anyways. Right. Sorry, I'm still so... laughing at the, the the cosplay of this guy <laughs> holding the bat. Like, like... <laughs> that was pretty good, right? <laughs> that was the best picture you could find. <laughs> I it was. Hey, I was trying to go as fast as I can. We're doing this live. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay, so Ebonlock. So here, here is an interesting thing. That uh, he he was a warlock who was the called the Circle of the Black Harvest, um, and he was very interested in uncovering how Illidan was able to use and contain so much demon magic without being a slave to the demons, um, without being like he like he could use the power, but he wasn't completely corrupted by it. Um, to the point where, because he was still able to fight against the Legion. And so he basically went on an expedition to investigate this stuff. And that's him as his human form. That's why he says there is so much untapped power in this world. Cause he's like, I want to know how the heck it stuff. So, 
Uh, he's going and, uh, you know, kind of finding ways to try to uh, basically replicate the transformation that Illidan had, which is why he looks the way he does in his prime. All right, I'll transition to the prime here. Yeah. So the ritual didn't quite go as he planned. Uh <laughs> He got really long fingers. <laughs> yes. He kind of did end up losing control and becoming really corrupted. And he wasn't able to accomplish quite the same that Illidan did. Um, but then later on in the Legion expansion, uh, because if you play a warlock, then you actually become the leader of that group, the Council of the Black Harvest, uh, in your fight against the Burning Legion. Oh, and you're eventually able to... Uh, find this guy and siphon all the fell magic out away from him. Uh, and so you can return him to human form and then he becomes one of your followers, which is pretty cool. But uh, it's all about the, 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 the summoning power and, and, you know, like his, uh, his battle uh, cry as a, I mean, his line as the prime where he says, you know, servants of the Black Harvest, because that, that's the group that he leads and is about uh, mastering the summoning abilities. That's the, uh, you know, where he, he summons those demons as his ability right Interesting. there. Okay. This mm-hmm. is another one where I, I couldn't find, um, like, the art of it. The human form clearly was, like, updated graphics where the, the demon form... Um, looked a little bit older. I don't know if this was a, like, I I mean, I assume this is because he was corrupted in one of the older sets. And then in the newer set, when you're taking over, that's when you revert him back. Correct. Yes. Um, This story actually appeared in the expansion um, about where there was a thing where like he broke loose and you had to, uh, and you had to lock him back up or seal him away. Uh, then, then Legion came along, uh, where you could, uh, fix him a bit more. And, uh, so yeah, they, they didn't really bother because the model was, you you see him as a human most of the time in the newer expansion. Mm -hmm. So they they didn't bother to give him a completely new, uh, uh, corrupted texture for that. Okay. No, that's interesting though. The flavor is really good. Uh, yeah. All right. I've got a, I've got a question then if, Okay, like hypothetically, if I were to play WoW, like where would you even start? Well, as it just so happens, uh, right now with Shadowlands, they are revamping to try to experience uh, because it's been really confusing for the past several years. Uh, so what they're doing is they're, they're making, you know, a brand new starting zone that makes it easy to, you know, get introduced to the story, to your chosen faction, um, uh, your, your basic abilities, all that stuff. And then what they're doing is, um, well, you remember, you remember Chromie as a card for some of these events, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So she is a bronze dragon who takes on the humanoid form of and she is really sweet and just adorable, and I love her. Um, but anyway, so she she has, you know, bronze dragon time powers. And the way that they're doing it is that um, in order to level up, you can choose, like, she'll time travel you back to an expansion of your choice 
for you to be able to level through an experience. So it's a whole lot better for new players so you can experience a more concrete chunk of the story as you're working your way up to uh, the newest content with the Shadowlands and then the the endgame content, you know, like the latest raids and all that stuff. So I'd say that um, right now, or at least when the when the pre-patch drops in a couple weeks or so, we're not entirely certain when, um, but it, it, it's coming out relatively soon, is actually, if you haven't played it before, then it's a great opportunity to do it. And by the way, if you are considering it, um, they they have a friend program where, like, if you bring in people, then uh, you can both get stuff. So uh, let me know, and I can provide you my <laughs> code if you're actually interested. I love the idea of replaying these, like, just for the storyline. It seems super cool. So, that, I mean, there this game has been around for years and years and years and years, right? But I do yeah. like the idea that I could jump in potentially as like a new player, replay the old mission stuff and have it not be, you know, I guess the other question would be, can I like, you know, typically you do one of these raid bosses and it's not meant to be a single player boss, right? It's meant to be like you and a bunch of other right. people at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, how does that work? I mean, does other? I guess suppose there's other players replaying these old missions, but is there also like, I don't know, like AI NPCs that help you or anything like that? Okay, so there's uh, there's two different ways to do this. Um, you probably you wouldn't end up doing the raids while you were leveling through that particular content. Uh, like you wouldn't actually do this Black Temple run. Uh, while you were leveling through the uh, through through the Outland content, because there's probably wouldn't be enough people for that sort of thing. Generally, what you do is either uh, if you just want to be able to see it, you might uh, level up until you're a much higher level than the raid level, and then you can just go through and solo everything because you're so much powered. Or what they do nowadays is uh, on certain weeks, they have what they call time walking, which is where they uh, take a certain amount of dungeons and occasionally a raid from past expansions and uh, make it to the level of current content where it's still relevant uh, to the, the power levels and will actually give you rewards appropriate to what you are currently uh, doing in the end game stuff and black temple is actually one of them so on certain weeks uh out of the year uh there will actually be people who are doing full-on uh black temp getting together for raids of the black temple and, and the same for a couple other raids on different weeks uh when events happen so that that's probably the main way that you either out leveling something and soloing it, or waiting for an event and then doing it with a proper raid group, if that's your thing. Hmm. Okay. Is is the is is the lore only in the expansion stuff? Because like, I I my experience with with WoW is only um, to get the Lady Leadrin uh, cart, you know, a uh, hero portrait. I played, and it was just quest, 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 quest. I didn't really see any lore in there. Did you read the quest text at all? 
a lot of people skip by and don't even bother. I probably yeah. did. I'm yeah. totally like a skip guy. <laughs> racing, racing to get to That's the... That's why you didn't see much more. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm guilty of doing that in WoW as well. Just like, okay, come on, come on, come on. Give me my quest. <laughs> um, but yeah, and, and like I've said, uh, they've gotten better at having more lore in the story. Uh, things were a bit more confusing the further back in the content you go. Um, they weren't always the greatest at delivering it or even have a lot. In fact, the story that I've told you today is stuff that was added in later on or even retconned in order to fix the story mistakes that they made back when it was current content in just their first expansion and stuff. That which is what the the Chronicle books are largely about. So like, okay, we're fixing here. Here's here's how we're going to make this story actually make sense uh, by changing a couple of these things and having you know a cohesive canon for everything. Yeah, those books are super cool. I'm gonna have to start getting those. Um, I highly recommend them. So we're sort of at the end. Like, I don't have. Um... <laughs> like this is where we leave the storyline. So what, I guess what follows this? I mean, is well, um, or... outland is not, not been super relevant to the story. Um, it is where, uh, it has been revisited a couple of times. Characters like, um, for example, uh, thrall's grandma lives there. And so he went, he's gone to outland a couple, times to visit with family and learn more about how to be a shaman and stuff like that. Um, But for the most part, it's not something that it's basically stuff happened there and it's been about as peaceful as outland can be uh, ever since while other main story stuff happens in whatever area the newest expansion is set in. Okay. Okay. So the part where with the Ebonlock is really, most recent of anything connected with that uh, with Outland and with uh, the Hearthstone expansion bringing up. Gotcha. So what is the next? Um, there's a new expansion coming out shortly mm-hmm. for WoW, right? What is it called again? Shadowlands. Shadowlands. It is literally the realm of death. We're going to the afterlife and going to see a lot of dead characters and where they ended up. Oh, okay. So this is the um, including Kalthos, the animated short that that just started uh, being released on YouTube has is mm-hmm. like the prequel, if you will, for that. And so yes, it's showing uh, it's that they're showing just a little bit of some of the different problems going on in these different realms of the dead that we're going to have to solve as the players when we get there. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, this is a good way for them to bring back characters. Like I saw, um, mm-hmm. I saw in the first little animated short, like Uther is back. Yeah. Um, and so, wouldn't uh, it, like when he's all blue and has the wings, wouldn't that be an awesome additional skin in Hearthstone? <laughs> yes. Oh boy, take my money. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even care if he has voice lines or not. <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. Okay. Well, I this is this is fun, man. I I mean, can you believe it? We've been recording for three hours. Three hours and yeah. Again, I'm, I'm sorry for the the technical hiccups, but oh, it's oh, a, no, no. Uh, that happens. 
What, what's amazing to me is that that you can remember all this stuff. Like I don't <laughs> can remember the names of the cards anymore. You know, but like, remember the details and and who whose interaction was what. I mean, like that's you're a walking encyclopedia man. It's amazing. Congratulations. I, I mean, remember the things that I find interesting. It's just yeah. that simple. Which unfortunately didn't always serve me well in school because. I just didn't find the memorizing times tables to be interesting in third grade. You know, it's, it's yeah. you, you can't control that sort of thing. Uh, and I, I also did refresh myself on some of the specifics right before we came on and everything. But, uh, so, but I, 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 I don't maintain everything. Every question we threw at you, though, you had the answer for. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's going to be a new segment. We're just going to you should bring him on for uh, just to Jeopardy. Yeah. What there is? You go. What is Magtheridon's mom's name? <laughs> and what is her favorite tea? <clears throat> so you're doing it backwards, Nate. The answer has to be what is. <laughs> <laughs> say you have to say what the favorite tea was. Oh, Magtheridon's mom's favorite tea. What is Magtheridon's mom's favorite tea? Thistle tea. <laughs> Thistle tea. Is it? <laughs> Say yes. That's the only card. But it's say that's a rogue card. That's great. That's yeah. great. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. But I bet there's Lord. Is there Lord of Thistle Tea? See now, now it's. I think so. Uh, yeah. Not the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure it's a legitimate beverage, uh, mm-hmm. probably from Pandaria. But I can't quite remember. You know, there's all sorts of food and drink that you can uh, get in the game, like to buff your stats or something. And I wouldn't be surprised if Thistle Tea is one of those. Okay. So, Nate, do you think um, at this point, do you, do you want to talk about uh, the deck we were going to talk about? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I almost forgot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we, we just finished one segment here. We got a deck that Goliath has been, has been playing, so we should probably touch on that and see... Uh, no, see what that's all about. So, like in the post dark glare nerf, what I've seen and heard is that people have been wanting to play disco again. So, yeah, I've heard the same thing actually, and uh, I haven't seen it a lot, but I have heard that people are doing it. I've seen it a little bit, yeah, yeah, and, and, and that's what uh, Goliath has been playing, apparently. <laughs> yeah, no, this see, is it's the only deck that I actually have for them uh, performing decently and especially I feel comfortable with discard lock because it's the only kind of deck that I've been able to hit legend with so far um, so I'm like hey um, it, uh, why not it served me well before why not try it again yeah um, can I, I ask- I'm, I'm not there yet but can I ask you why are you not running um, even lock are you are you do you, are you just missing the card, or do you not? Does he not have a place in here? Um, I don't know. I just uh, I, I I honestly haven't been uh, tinkering around with the decks. Just been going for what's the first deck list that has a high rating that I actually have all the cards for. Yeah, like no, I no. Said, I've, I've been busy with lots of IRL stuff. So oh no, I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, no, bigger. I don't mean to. I don't mean to grill you. I just noticed that he wasn't. <laughs> that being said, but no, no. I, I should try even lock. That might help. I I played this deck to Legend a couple months ago. No, I think not last month, but the I don't know. Maybe it was last month. I don't remember. Um, I think it was last month. It was like a couple of days before the new expansion came out. Um, and what I like about your list here is that 
it it's basically all two ofs, and so I feel like that makes the deck very consistent. Let me um, read the, the the deck list quickly. Oh, good idea. Good idea. So people know um, what he's playing here. It has two flame imps, two cobalt librarian, two Melkazar's imp, two soul fires, two void walkers, two bone web egg, two expired merchants, two fell stalkers, toonie, toonie, two tiny knight of evil, loony toonie, um, <laughs> two silverware golems. Two Fist of Jaraxxus, two Lakari Fellhound, two Nightshade Mitron, two Doomguard, and two Hand of Gul'dan. Cool. I like this because it's a basic like zoo deck. I mean, uh, there's there's definitely um, I, I don't know. I mean, I when I was playing a lot of this, I was doing co op with um, Electric Sheep City, and he was essentially like we were talking through our plays, and he really coached me very well. Um, but what I like about this, like there's synergy for days. Like I, I want to discard Warlock to be a thing for ages and it just didn't have enough support. And uh, I feel like it finally does. I've not tried the Boneweb eggs at all. How how have those been working out for you? Um, Pretty good. Uh, they, 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 it's been good for getting some quick uh, board presence. Uh, it just does really weak if there's a lot of uh, board clear because, you know, they only have one health. So even if like it's a mage and a sinkhole, uh, you know, like arcane that can just do mm. one damage to all the things that that's an easy clear out for that stuff. Um, I've also suffered uh, against the devolving missiles quite a bit. Because oh. I, I play something like Flame Imp where, you know, it's a one mana and I pay a cost of some health, but I'm getting some good early stats on the board. And they zip them down to zero costs. And I like, took all that damage for nothing. Yeah, that hurts. Yeah. What, what I liked about this deck is it's very fast. Like, even if you're going to lose, like, I mean, you know, pretty decisively by. Yeah. When I do win, I win fast. When I lose, hey, Goliath. usually pretty fast. <laughs> Think of it this way. If you get a target dummy, you got that two health back. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 tends, it tends to be things like death skips <laughs> and snowboarder penguins. That's pretty really funny. <clears throat> but, but, but you get plus adorable. That's, that's the oh, thing. Oh, there you go. That is true. And yeah. isn't that the most important thing? It um, is. It is. Um, I, even the ledge keg, if ever, like, if you have penguin in the ledge king fights, the ledge king says, like, He's perfect. <laughs> yeah. I love secret interactions between cards like that. Oh, so, those are so fun. Yeah. yeah the, the other thing that sometimes bites me uh, with this deck is just bad luck. Uh, because I've had times in fact just playing it earlier today where I have cards, like I have a hand that's mostly filled with cards that will benefit from being discarded and a couple of large discard cards and none of the cards that benefit from being discarded is actually yeah like, that, that I, hurts. I, yeah like the the doom guard just discards the doom guard other doom guard and the matron and I, I, I just lost a lot of my synergy yeah. there due to sheer bad luck is yeah. there anything like that if somebody had no idea of what was going on with this deck like something you could tell them that 
isn't very apparent, but is like sort of like an ultimate high roll or something, a really cool interaction. Um, let's see. I think that if well, one of my favorites is is uh, if you can manage to use the expired merchant with a, a lot of people like to use it. It's very easy. The hand of Gul'dan for the card draw. But you don't always want to get the extra card draw because you can fatigue yourself quickly, especially if it's near the end of the game. What I really like is if I can manage uh, to be able to get the expired merchant for the Silver Golem and or the Fist of Jaraxxus because then I can get a really fast board presence and or just uh, some bam, 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 which I board clears or uh, I've even been able to do a couple straight on one after another on the hero for a quick win which was really fun and satisfying when it does happen but again because this card is random and things like Travis Jarax has hit random targets yeah you it's really much you, you do your best and you hope that the rest works out do you not mulligan for? Do you try to mulligan for things that aren't discarded? You know the things that you want to keep, like or yeah. I, I generally try that. to mulligan. I my mulligans for this are based off of what what my starting hand is because you know think think about the odds if two cards that might go well together. I'm just going to the second one. For example, sometimes I'll focus on if if I end up with uh, Flame Imp. Like, okay, I'll keep that. That's a good uh, start on the board presence. Um, but then other times I might end up where I want to focus on, okay, now I have the, I have the a Merchant here and I have another uh, card that benefits from being discarded here. I think I'm going to mulligan the Flame Imp because I don't want to accidentally discard it. And I'll, I want another one that will actually benefit from being discarded. So it, it's a kind of benefit on the hand that I've dealt about how much I want to mulligan. Because there's a couple different good possibilities. So okay, you've got to play your percentages, I assume, throughout. Right. The- yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Definitely a fun deck to play. That's mm-hmm. for sure. It's good. And I think if. Um... You know, I, I don't. My my advice is, especially if you're trying to either level up a, a class, or you're trying to get wins towards your 500 or 1,000. Like playing a quicker deck is the way to go. I mean, for sure. I hit I hit my 500 on Warrior playing like Odd Warrior, and that is not the way to do it. It'll take you ten, <laughs> it'll take you ten years, and like, yeah, no, you don't want to do that. Uh, so playing a zoo style deck is is the way to go, um, but not for warrior. <laughs> <laughs> not warrior. That, we call that pirate warrior. Yeah, <laughs> I think most of my uh, like golden classes were with a more aggressive deck, other than uh, my golden uh, warlock is uh, was m- the Mecha Cthulhu. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Like the like before the nerf. Cataclysm synergy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before, yeah, before the nerf, um, I like I I had a lot of disco like Karazhan disco wins originally. Like, it got me to around like three hundred, 
and then I didn't play the class like forever. And then uh, Mechathune came out, and I'm like, okay, this looks fun. <laughs> I know I'm a sucker for the combo decks like that. So, oh, it's, so yeah. I know a lot of people hate them, but I had a blast like putting the puzzle pieces together. Mm-hmm. They're fun to play. They they stink to lose to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So like I fell for it again. There's something right, so I, I, satisfying I, though about you know go you go up against a, a you know a warrior that's been tanking up tanking up and now they've got you know 87 health or mm-hmm. you know 30 health plus all this armor or you go up against um you know a druid and they've they've done the whole um oh god what's it called uh the giant armor thing the plate uh no, no. Oh, the, yeah the, the line cracker and they've got 2000 armor you know but then you, who cares if they've got 2000 armor if you can mechathune them and they just die yeah uh, or uh, one of my favorites uh, uh I think the decks they were featuring last week uh, with the the uh, Uther, the the OTK Pally, and everything, uh, very similar, just very satisfying. You just uh, have that uh, play all the puzzle pieces right there, and bam! Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter what they've done, you get an instant destroy the enemy hero. It's beautiful. Yeah, I love it. I love it. They all have right. to be very careful when they design a card like that. <laughs> Yeah, well, they have to make it not too easy to pull off, right? I yeah. Mean, yeah. And so uh, it's tricky. Yeah, it's tricky for sure, but there's ways. But yeah, no, this looks this looks like a lot of fun here. Um, I've experimented with some cards in this. I know there was a, a card that nobody's playing that um, I don't. I got. I don't know what the name is, but essentially, I think it was a death rattle. Uh, was to add a couple of the cards that you've discarded during the game to your hand. Oh, um, it's the, it, it's the one with the, I can't remember the specific name either, but it's the dinosaur guy. Like yeah, the, yeah, yeah. I know master guy. Yeah. The other one that I've seen run in this list before is the solarium, uh, where you draw three cards and discard them at the end of the turn. Yeah, that's the legendary that I don't have. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, um, it, it's, it's, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. But, uh, I like this list. I mean, it looks solid. And one of the things that, um, I like about this honestly is that there's no legends in it so it's relatively easy like if someone wants to you know test the waters yeah um, uh it's this is i you know i'd consider this um a re- relatively uh budget version so if they've ever played uh karazan they'll have some of the cards too yeah True. that's right <clears throat> very cool uh, well, for those of you who are interested in watching the deck in action or hanging out with us further, we are um, very shortly going to do a little bit of co-op gameplay. Uh, we can t- take this deck for a spin on the ladder and see how it goes. Uh, so we're going to start kind of signing off of the main episode here. So uh, for those folks who uh, aren't as familiar with you or, or would like to get in touch with you and... Um, Want to know where they can find you, Goliath? Where uh, where can where can folks get get in touch with you? All right, so I'm not exactly active social. Media. Uh, I am uh, working on um, a YouTube channel, potentially, maybe even have a podcast of some kind in the future. That was uh, Mike Lowe's suggestion, and uh, we'll 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 see how things go if that ever gets off the ground. I'm actually uh, also working on uh, creating some more craft machinima. 
Uh, I have a lot of friends on YouTube who do that, so I'm working to see if I can do that sort of thing. Uh, but that's all for the future. If you want to find my stuff now, uh, the best place that you can find anything I've talked about right now is on the Out of Dot Cards website, where I am the resident lore master for all things Hearthstone, and uh, have a lot of articles talking about the sort of thing. I'm always right, working on more. If you have any topics that I haven't written about that you ever want to see, like, you know, I've always wondered about this card or that card or the, the backstory of this expansion. Uh, just go ahead and uh, let me know in the forums or in the comments of any of those articles. And I'm always looking for suggestions. Uh, we also, we recently at Out of Cards uh, have something of merch now. Uh, nothing quite to the amazing extent that uh, you guys have the diverse clothing of Born to be Wild. But we, we do have uh, a couple of shirts in this. Nice. Mug it's stuff so now. cute. Yes. This is the mascot, Derpcorn. Uh, who was <laughs> apparently inspired by the unicorn from Despicable Me. Um, yeah, apparently <laughs> the thing is that it, it became a meme where uh, when there was a card coming out in another language and we didn't know the exact translation, they would use the word fluffy yeah, as a fluffy. substitute. Yeah, so you're familiar with that. And so, you know, the, the thing it's so fluffy i'm gonna die and that evolved into this becoming the mascot <laughs> cool we, we get the we get the out of cards uh lore as well that's yeah, bonus. I, was gonna yeah. Say, yeah. I i remember the whole thing because originally when flux was with uh hearthpone they were doing the the fluffy thing but then when flux left and did you know the own his own thing with out of cards and he, they took fluffy with them <laughs> yes <laughs> basically yeah yeah so fluffy can fluffy lives on on out of dot cards yeah love it love it yeah i love i love the content that uh that you and they put out um it's a great yeah. resource for uh hearthstone communities but they also cover other games as well uh so other right. games also stuff, so. do is added on Mythgard, uh mm-hmm. covering stuff from that so the a new expert on board uh, actually, apparently, got an exclusive reveal too. Uh, for that. And we're always looking for more deck lists uh, to have on the website. So, if you have a deck, we we welcome you contributing to our database of various decks. Oh, very cool. We we may have I to got, do that. I got one that like hit like twenty five hundred views on out of cards or something like that. It was it was a guide uh, to be. Yes, we really appreciate when you tell people. How- <laughs> yeah yeah I, I was super surprised so i got like one of the awesome achievements uh, on there that's one thing i'll say about out of dot cards is there is a mass amount of achievements that you can get on that website and i actually one time spent hours just getting the achievements like just for fun like the achievement achievements will be like oh uh, comment on everything from this set. I'm like, okay, fine. Everything <laughs> <laughs> from Main Streets. I'm like, this card's cool. <laughs> like, I did, I did so much. It was so funny. It was when the when the website first came out. I was like, I'm gonna have the most trophies. <laughs> Everyone like skyrocketed to like 400. Everyone's at 50. That's <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> Oh man! Well, yeah, Goliath. Thank you so much for joining us. We uh, my pleasure as always. Looking forward to the next time. Really like having you on, and and yeah, I mean, if we would love to have you back again for some more lore, um, 
it's always always so much fun and and uh i don't know i really kind of geek out with these episodes <laughs> so it's it's a blast um wildcard thank you so much for for hanging out tonight and for filling in for mike really appreciate it it's always good to have you um can you uh let folks know where like where where can they find you yeah sure Th- thanks again for having me and and uh, i hope mike gets back soon um but yeah, and, and thanks, Goliath, for, for taking a guy who skips all the lore in <laughs> and, and showing him that there, there is cool stuff. Um, but, but yeah, I'm pretty active. I'm very active on Twitter. Uh, you can find me at Wildcard Hearth, uh, W-I-L-D-C-A-R-D-H-E-R-T-H. Um, and I stream infrequently. Right now I'm on an off-stream uh, time, uh, but I'm uh, Wildcard Hearthstone on Twitch as well. Um, but those and and of course in the discords I'm I'm in and out. Um, of course, the Born to Be Wild Discord is is my most common one, so you can find me there. Um, that's it. Super and cool. Hydra. No. Yeah, Hydra. What about you? You can always find me uh, on Twitch and on Twitter at hydralisk underscore hs. And if you can't spell hydralisk, you can't follow me. Shout out to Craig. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I love it. I love it. Um, as for me, uh, most commonly can be found hanging out on Twitter or in the discords, particularly um, if you want to follow me on Twitter uh, or, or interact that way. It's Nate Wolf TCG, N-A-T-E-W-O-L-F-E-T-C-G. Uh, more importantly, you can find the show and everything uh, related on our website. It's born to be wild hs.com. Uh, born to be wild hs.com. Do not forget the hs. Otherwise, you would be in for a surprise. Um, if you go to our website, uh, there are links to all of our stuff. So um, the audio episodes are there, but also links to the different podcatcher applications or out that our uh, websites that host our podcast, including iTunes and Google play and Spotify and all that stuff. Uh, if you want to do us a, a big favor, leave us a review on one of the podcast apps that you listen to us on. That would be super cool. Uh, all of these episodes are recorded, uh, live on Twitch. Uh, and then the video versions are recorded in HD and posted to our YouTube channel, uh, as well as the co-op portion. So for those of you who only listen to the podcast, uh, there's a separate co-op gameplay portion that we do after the main show. And those are uploaded to YouTube separately. So if you want to see the deck in action that we're talking about on the show, you're welcome to watch those and we'll talk through all of our plays and everything. Um, uh, let's see here on the website also is a link to the merch store that wildcard uh, and Mrs. Wildcard set up and uh, we're very much appreciative to them. The merch looks awesome. It turned out very nice and uh, we, we enjoy it quite a bit. Um, and, uh, and then links to where you can find all of our stuff is on the contact page. Uh, if you're interested in interacting with the wild community, we've got a really fun disc, um, discord going and there's a link to join there. So, uh, if you're looking for deck lists or just to interact with other folks from the wild community, uh, we've got pretty much everything under the sun there and it is uh, just a very welcoming place and very drama free. So we'd love it if you would join us. And uh, that's that's pretty much um, all I have. Um, I'm trying to think if I forgot anything here, but uh, unrelated advice before. Yeah, before before we go here, uh, and now this is a tradition of the show. Unrelated advice. <laughs>
to ask you guys a question. With Nate Wolf. So I've been cooped up in the house for the better part of a week due to all of the smoke and stuff in the air. But now I'm back. Uh, it looks like things are starting to, to clear up outside and I may actually be able to breathe fresh again. Uh, <laughs> I, I am in need of dropping a good like 10, 15 pounds. What is your suggestion or recommendation on how I uh, get myself in shape, lose a couple pounds, hydro go? I have a great suggestion for that. Um, you're working mostly from home or you, you're going to be back at work on uh, Monday. Yeah. Yeah. Mostly in the office. It's a, okay. unfortunately it's, uh, you know, uh, as the kind of the boss, like I'm able to make my own schedule and kind of pinball up and around. So, uh, you know, I mean, my main job is pretty sedentary sitting, but I'm often up and moving. So I, I mean, okay. there's some freedom. So here's one thing that I did and I'm going on four years of doing this on all of my breaks. You do cocaine. My 15 minute break, my half an hour break, and my other 15 minute break. Instead of sitting on my butt and like eating food, I actually go for a speed walk. Okay. Okay. On every single, it doesn't have to be speed walk. You could just do start off with a regular walk. That's how I started. I have figured out like which block or three I can walk around in 15 minutes and get back to work like at that exact time. And then for my lunch break, same thing, half an hour, I can see how far I can go and I'll bring my sandwich with me and I just eat it while I walk. And I've done this for four years straight. And um, dude, I totally lost about 15, 20 pounds in the first three to four months of doing that. Wow. And I, I, and I do it every single day. It's actually like an OCD thing now that, if I don't go for my walk, like I lose it. So, All right. All right. I, I was yeah. not expecting legit good advice. I was trying to make a joke <laughs> at your expense and, and uh, I, I got good advice. Out of it. And it's, 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 that is one full hour of cardio, 15 minutes, half an hour and another 15 minutes, one full hour of cardio. And it, you didn't lose anything out of your day. Okay. Okay. I appreciate that. Wildcard. What about you? Um, it, it's funny thinking about like losing weight like that. It's just, it, it, I wrestled in high school and we always would have to try to make weight and we would do terrible things like wearing garbage bags and like running in those and just over sweating. And then of course there was always the thing that like, if you were like a pound or two over, you'd, you'd drop a deuce and you know, that would lose, <laughs> lose you the extra weight. Um, but there's probably better ways of doing that. Um, like I've actually, I, I went vegetarian last year and, um, I've actually started cutting out sugar a little bit more and I've started to drop a few pounds as well. Hey, okay. um, so, you know, maybe try, maybe try that, you know, you know what, okay. wait, you, you work in a courtroom area. So you have those like big black smock things, right? <laughs> those could be your garbage bags. You guys need to have wrestling matches wearing those. Hey, judges robes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Like judges robes. Those things. And you're in, yeah, wrestling matches. And you can like seven of them. Seven of these things and wrestle. That is, that is how you're going to do it. I changed my answer. Screw the walking. Wrestle in judges' robes, seven each. I, 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 I. Probably will lose my job, but it might be worth it for the photo. 
dude in the smoke pit. No one will see. It's in the back. <laughs> Goliath, what about you? <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I've actually been uh, in a little bit better shape right now myself. So quite relevant. I um, think my, my body doesn't like exercise very um, Like people, I, I keep on hearing it. To feel more energized once you exercise. I'm still at the point where I feel drained. Um, but what, what I suggest is actually what I did earlier today is uh, if you have a nice a nice place to walk, like, this is similar to Hydras, but for me, uh, if, if do, do you happen to have any nature type area? At least a park or something? Uh, we do. I, there's some nature area, not like within walking distance, actually. Yeah. yeah in fact, there's a loop around my office um, that is about a 15 minute loop, actually. That's that I. Yeah, loops. Loops are so. So here's what I recommend I, uh, for what what I like to do is you know especially if it's a nature type of place, then it's something that you know it g- g- gives you something to look at along the way. Something you know, but relatively you know calm. Uh, and so if it's in a loop, then you it helps to get that feeling of completeness instead of turning around and then backtracking almost like you're undoing the walking at least that's how it goes in my mind i really hate walking somewhere and then just turning around walking back but then also i recommend if it's at all possible uh, bring a friend or someone to talk to because it's amazing when you get involved in a discussion about something you can just keep walking and not even notice that you're getting tired or something yet you have a like an interesting conversation uh, then, like you, your body is just, you keep on uh, walking. You're getting the exercise without getting bored by just focusing on. I have to exercise. So that's the sort of thing that I did earlier today. I've been doing every week or so, and I think it's really, it's really effective. I think, and uh, it makes it entertaining. So I don't feel like I have to take time out of the day to exercise. But then Hydra, you don't feel that way either, and you have the different yeah. methods. So yeah. I know take t- t- take the a hybrid of all of the things that we're saying. I guess uh, to whatever extent you can, wear seven <laughs> judges robes and walk around the block <laughs> on your time off, and do it in a loop in a nature area while talking to a. That's the ultimate secret to make getting in shape. <laughs> Wiser words were never spoken, and you heard that on Born to Be Wild. o'clock and we're playing cards on the hearth at the hearthstone inn there's an old dwarf sitting next to me looking up at my face with a grin he says son can you spin me a tavern tale about Angora or the Frozen Throne About gadgets and goons Or a magical school Or a fight between goblins and gnomes 
Tell us some lore, you're the story man. Tell us some lore tonight. When we're all in a mood to put aside faction feuds, and you've got us feeling alright. Now Thrall from the Horde is a friend of mine And to win from the Alliance is too Outside there might be a war But behind tavern doors They all put aside their weapons and feuds The lyric cries out This cube lock is killing me As a smile runs away from her face but it returns when I chronicle a tale about Tarbuckle and the adventurers that gave him chase. La 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 dee dee da. La la dee dee da da da. Militants and emo demon hunter who was locked up for 10,000 years. And he's playing with Ragnaros, whose rogue deck is surely toast, unless he can draw auction gear. And the Lich King is practicing Death Knight spells, as Jaraxxus beats trifling gnomes. They don't all get along, but they're still having fun, cause it's better than playing alone. Tell us some lore, you're the story man. Tell us some lore tonight Well, we're all in the mood to put aside faction feuds And you've got us feeling alright It's a pretty good crowd for a Saturday and the innkeeper gives me a smile Cause he knows it's my tales they've been coming to hear To forget about fights for a while And the tavern, it sounds like the Dark Moon Fair And the patrons race toast with their beers And they sit at my feet And the tales I repeat As we laugh through the night without fear Oh la 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 dee dee da La la dee dee da 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 Tell us some lore, you're the story man Tell us some lore tonight Well we're all in the mood to put aside fashion feuds And you've got us feeling alright